0: Once you hit the fail state, it's gonna feel really bad. Like, Mm -hmm. dang, I'm level fifty nine and I gotta reset
1: my account.
0: (laughs) But (laughs) that tension, that tension during the experience, like that, and overcoming that, that's gonna feel like, like, oh, thank God! Like, that's the, that's the post nut right there. (laughs) (laughs) You get that quest done. (laughs) Welcome to Scav Talk, the Escape from Tarkov podcast, where we continue to focus on development of the game, patch note analysis, theory crafting, and general gameplay discussions. My name is Church, I'm one of your hosts. I am a video editor for a Tarkov YouTuber named Airwing Marine,
2: and I'm Gabe a Tarkov YouTuber helping you guys get better at the game. And welcome back to Scav Talk, everybody. It's uh, yes. a wonderful, wonderful Friday evening for me and afternoon for my friend Church over here. How's uh, how's the week been treating you? How's it been going?
0: Um, pretty good, pretty good. I've been kind of so I hit level forty two. Oh, I don't nice! Know if I told you this, and um, I've been purging my stash of all my trooper armors that I saved <laughs> up for the wipe that I got off players or found in raid or whatever. And I can confirm that at God, what time was it? I think it was around like two a.m. Eastern time. The Slick Barter sells out, in about three minutes um Mm -hmm. it starts at 200 stock actually so i got my own yeah i watched like refreshed and watched the stock go down and within like the first two minutes it was down to like 50 percent, like 100 yeah so it actually wasn't as fast as i thought but in the past probably during you know not 2 a.m hours Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe like you know 6 p.m my time or something more Regular where servers had more population. Anyways, my alarm would go off and my alarm goes off 30 seconds before the reset. <laughs> so, you know, maybe it would be, I would I'd, like one time I had to use the bathroom or something. I thought I would have the time to come back and, and, uh, you know, do the, do the barter. So I come back and it's like, you know, only two minutes passed since the alarm went off and I go to do it. And it's sold out. Yeah. So it's, it's funny, but I've been camping the traders and I've gotten, all three or four of my slicks now and, you know, they're just sitting in that thick case waiting to be used one day. <laughs>
2: You've not used them in any raids yet?
0: Not yet. So I'm doing right now I'm, I've been, I was looking to do some money runs to do my air filter because I want to get max strength to swipe. Okay. Um But I've got that upgraded now and um someone suggested I do nighttime shoreline. I'm mm. going a little thick in there and so my surprise, there's been actually a lot of activity there, really? which has been interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um Yeah.
0: That's been my Tarkov week. How about yourself?
2: Nice. Yeah, it's been good. I was playing a lot more. Um I was actually away like the last two days for for something. So I was not been playing like the last two two nights, but um before that I've just continued to try and i'm sort of starting to run out of easy quests it's sort of my problem yeah you know, i actually have to just kind of play and you get to the next level and you're just like oh boy how am i going to make that 140,000 xp to get to the next level that sounds like it sounds like a lot of xp so i've been doing some of the other ones um i kind of paused like punisher six i've just paused on because i did it on i carried on on stream but only got four kills or something and it was it was fun but i've been doing it on shoreline it just takes ages i probably just need to take over to customs or something if i want to like up the it'll up the rate of me getting killed with it but it's it's fine i think after our previous conversation i moved over to the recoil build for svd instead and oh yeah. it's, it honestly works it works well because <laughs> the ergo it's it's already the gun is already so heavy that the ergo build doesn't really give you enough of an advantage to mm-hmm. counteract the fact that the recoil like you need to hit them twice with any of the rounds right. Um, unless somebody is wearing not class four, which is quite rare. So you pretty, pretty much have, like, no matter what it is, like PS rounds or SMB T 46 is, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, I've been using BT because it's got a small recoil buff and it's basically the same as SMB and right. it's actually a little bit cheaper, but it was, that's, that worked quite well in the situations I got into. You just have to be kind of careful because most of the people that I'm fighting against, I end up fighting against duos as well. And there was, it was just it's kind of tough on your own. So I've been trying to get myself into situations where I don't die. So anyway, so I was I took a pause on that and I was trying peacekeeping mission. Um, just because I was like, Well, I'm gonna get some XP along the route anyway, and it's mm-hmm. a decent I think it's a good twenty thousand or something, but you get you know, you go around oh, and okay. kill loads of scabs and things, so it's fine. Yeah. And I've been really enjoying the uh the M four. I could talk about it a bit more. Um Mm-hmm. In, in a bit but uh yeah so i've been doing that and then i've also been doing a ton of scav and i ended up with two Merin keys I got on like three raids apart or something. And I was like, cause the first one I was like, Oh, look at this. This is amazing. I went to go and have a look through all yeah. the trades and couldn't really decide if I wanted to get rid of it or not. Cause I'm not really running lighthouse. Yeah. I'm not really a key loot runner either. So I was like, am I ever going to use this? I don't know. And then I got another yeah. one. And I was like, right, well, I need to really think about what to trade this for now, but I don't want to trade it for another key that I'm not going to use. So I've ended up just sort of sitting on it for the time being. I'm not sure what to do with it. Um, it's, Can you uh,
0: put up your own offers?
2: I can. Like, so I could offer it out for something else, but I just don't really know what. And I don't know where in the list that will put it either, because it, it all depends on the yeah. trader value for the thing that you're putting it up for. So it's a bit difficult to know whether you're just gonna right. get lost underneath tons of other keys that are low value, but you ask for, I don't know, five GPUs or something, but right. no one no one will see it because it's GPUs actually valued within the system, right. I'm not sure. Um so other than that, I mean I wanted to I kind of wanted to get to Max Scav rep because I didn't do that last wipe and I'm at 4.3. And I thought, well, if I just run factory a bunch in the background, eventually I'll get there uh, without having you. I've taken some of the car extracts and stuff, but I didn't. It's just, it's quite good for making money too. So I'm just kind of passively doing that in the background. And that's how I ended up with the two keys. So we'll see. But because of that and some of the money farming, I've uh, basically alternating between going to factory and going to the woods camp because I still need the ophthalmoscope, which I haven't found yet. So I've been going there um, because I didn't really fancy doing resort runs as PMC. I just haven't not really been in that frame of mind to do to do that. And uh, yeah, between those two, you basically just make an absolute ton of money. So I ended up finally upgrading to solar power because the the fix. So last week I said that I wasn't going to upgrade and somebody on Twitter said to me, well, you have to install the solar power after you build it so you can upgrade it and then you don't have to wait. When the bug gets fixed which i thought was absolutely genius a few people mentioned it afterwards to me and i said oh yes i've, I've already started because this person said this um so i had it sat there waiting and then it actually got fixed while i was away and so i came back in last night and just went bam click click it on so then i'm upgrading uh bitcoin three and with the money that i had from all the scavs i bought all the cards i needed so they all just sat there waiting so i had i think i got to 22 mil just using the scav pretty much wow. and just spent all of it down to like eight just on gps <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of where i'm at i'm waiting in 100 hours for the for bitcoin 3 um so it's been good it's actually been good i've been having fun but we can yeah we'll talk about some of the the builds and things i've been looking at later but it's uh in in the meanwhile True. what what's what have we had that's changed so there was a couple of in-game changes the metal fuel tank barter changed to two fuel conditioners rather than one along with the two propanes and i said in my discord i said rip and some people are like oh it's not really rip it's still cheaper than the a gun i'm just like yeah but it means the expeditionaries i didn't really i didn't actually say specifically but i i just immediately thought well i'm never going to use these again i'm just going to use expeditionaries now because that extra 40k i didn't actually do the the work on it but i think it probably tips it over so that it's not worth it and you can probably make mag boxes better i would guess
0: that's what i was thinking is that mm. the mag boxes? Well, might be a more attractive so like yes you it's kind of a weird thing because i think as you're saying you sort of like get the less efficient per slot fuel that i think also costs like if you did the math i think maybe you're paying a little bit more yeah. for less as well you are. but when you finish the fuel when you consume it you have the can that you can use to craft a mag box which is actually a Fairly decent craft compared to the grenade case. Like I think you can get
1: around almost as much rubles for the um the mag box craft. Sorry, brain
0: brain fart. But yeah, <laughs> I, I've been thinking this as well. So yeah, I'm curious what are
2: what are your findings? Is conclusion that, that's the thing i need to i need to drill down into it a little bit more because i do actually have all the calculations ready i just haven't got around to doing it and i but my immediate gut instinct was let's go and you know grab the expeditionaries before because i was i was actually at the pc when they made that change because that was well that was sort of four or five days ago or something and i was at the computer like and when it happened i went in and just bought like 20 expeditionary fuels <laughs> <laughs> because i was like i think these things are going to go up so i'm just gonna buy them all now so i saw the change was just like bam, i bam, 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 just stored them all in my junk box but i do think that i think that that will be the best way personally and I will, i'll i'm gonna have to fiddle around with it and actually do the work on it and see because i did the fuel video not that long ago yeah, and right. one of the main reasons why the metal fuel tanks were better was a the barter is so official was so efficient But combined with the fact that, so the grenade case actually ended up losing you money because the metal parts were so expensive, but now they're less expensive. So it's probably not as bad, but it's still not amazing. And Mm -hmm. the one that really worked was the flechette rounds, but now those are also really cheap. It's one of those funny things where it's like you put out a video and then whether was that going to happen anyway, or is that just because... No one was really doing the flechette craft. And I was selling them for a lot of money. And then I made the video on it. And then now they don't sell for any money anymore. I was like, would that have happened anyway? Would people have found that? I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, But anyway, now that that craft doesn't really work and the mag box... uh, Sorry, the grenade case doesn't really work. I'm still thinking... Because mag boxes people will still buy. And you can, in theory... You can, in theory, make them into scav junk boxes as well if you wanted to so right. there's kind of another there's True. another outlet i didn't actually talk about that in the video because i kind of forgot and you could take mug boxes and, and move them on and i don't think it makes some people are saying oh it makes loads of money and i was looking at the prices and i don't think it really does and it takes a long long time so it's again it's another overnight one but it doesn't lose you money and i think it does make a little bit i didn't i didn't know what the fee money, was yeah. yeah so that's still another option because that case is still expensive from therapists so if you sell it for less than you know 1.1 1. 1 million then people will, will buy it because it's um it's cheaper than the trader price basically so i think that is probably the way it t- it, it does take quite a long time to get through those tanks so i'm still yeah i'm, I'm not really close to even making a lucky scavenger box i think also if you install solar too then it's one of those quality of life things where it's not really efficient but you don't really have to upgrade you don't have to grab fuel all the time anymore which is just kind of right. nice on its own so I, th- I think that's probably the answer, but I'll I need to go and I need to go and check and make sure, especially with the new Flugzeug price. I don't know. So so yeah. So they did that, and then there was a couple of other uh, price changes. The one that I noticed the most was the fifty-five A one from Skier. I think it was. Or, i mean they, they do these things i think they did that like one day before i was releasing my ammo video and i was like you know what it can just stay in there it's at the end of the video and i don't care i'm gonna put it in the description because i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna redo the whole video and upload everything no no and to be fair i wasn't actually here so i was like i can't it's already scheduled it's just gonna it's gonna go um and it's just gonna have to have an, an edit on it so i think it's now actually i have the game up but i think it's now what, five something it's now yeah, yeah. five two six. 526, and before it was about 470. So it's still cracking value. Basically, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to buy it every reset.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, well, see, the other thing I wonder was they, I, it's so hard to say, man. I really wish we had change logs. I mean, without going to the wiki, but even then, it's like Trader Price Wiki. You have to like go to the screenshots and compare. It's, it's a weird thing. But long story short, did they lower the Peacekeeper? Is that, that's the thing I heard too is that they lowered M855A1 price from Peacekeeper as well to, was it $5? Like, did it go from 5 to 7 uh, I, I think it was that?
2: quite expensive. Well, the thing is, it was quite expensive before. So, it was 9 to $7. Hmm, maybe, yeah. Maybe. So now it's... I
0: can't, I can't say.
2: Uh, but you can only get 90 Maybe the... I think the quantity's gone down. I thought you could get more so from too. Peacekeeper, yeah, but it that's was quite cool. it was quite imbalanced. So I didn't buy any from Peacekeeper whatsoever, and then mm-hmm. and that's why I didn't really notice because I wasn't using that trade at all. And then I just waited till I got Skier because it was only a little bit later, and then every reset just buy it from him. And yeah, I don't know, I'm, because I'm because I don't play an insane amount or anything, and not always with M4s either. I always end up with enough. It Just. Going on in the morning, buying some stuff from him. You know, in the day, buying stuff here and there. I always end up with enough, so it's never yeah. really a big problem. But it's funny that how
1: it was just so cheap. It's just so so cheap on Skier.
0: Right, right. Funny I mean, how- I kind of get it. It's like you get a reward. You know, some of well, ninety the majority of the trader unlocks is like you now have access to this thing. And, you know, it's like appropriately priced, you could say. Whereas this is like, hey, here's another access, but you get, because um, I think you would, yeah, you get it from Peacekeeper sooner than you would from Skier, right? Yeah. The, exactly. The 5581 from him, but it's just cheaper. That's sort of like, you know, it's kind of an interesting way, but at the same time, it's like, well, why would I ever buy from Peacekeeper, especially now that the, the, the amount you can buy from them are the same because before mm. i think it used to be you could get a bit more from peacekeeper yeah, i as you think said. i
2: think it was 150 i think but yeah
0: something in the hundreds maybe 200 but
2: maybe because yeah, i looked at it sure. and thought oh is this worth it and i thought well it's still a bit pricey i mean it's not that expensive bp is more expensive for 762 but when you've got that tantalizing skier offer on the table in a few levels time you think eh. Maybe I'll just wait, because that's. it ends up... I think the crazy thing about that is that when... Uh, it actually wasn't this video, it was another one that I did. I think Skiers M855A1 is cheaper. It might not be now, to be fair. It might not be now, but at one point it was cheaper than 56A1 from Peacekeeper when you unlock it at Peacekeeper 2 after doing the quest, which is which is quite funny. Because it's not, it's not hyper-cheap from Peacekeeper, to be fair. Uh, how much actually is fifty six a one? Oh, I'm on the wrong one. That's why. Yeah, so it's if you uh, buy a hundred, it's three dollars twenty nine. Yeah, So previously there was like three twenty nine, and the it really depends on the on the rate at the time. But yeah, so it ended up being four hundred and fifty or something. Or maybe a bit less, four thirty. Um, so maybe it was about the same price. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure at one point it was cheaper. But anyway, uh, it, this is fine. It's still it's still fine. But I wonder how many people did rely on Peacekeeper and switch over to the M4 and 556 when they when they got it. I certainly didn't. I was doing other things. I think many many playing around with the SVD. So maybe that's why I didn't bother. But what do you mean? I don't follow. I I just wasn't really in the zone for using 556 in general. I kind of just stopped using it. So. I'm just intrigued Like when I got skier, I really started, I kicked in into using uh five, five, six heavily just because I could, whereas I thought about it when I got peacekeeper, but decided I'll wait. It's fine. And I can be doing other things and I'm doing Punisher part six anyway. So I'm using the SVD. So I don't really need to be buying 50, a one because okay, I'm just not really using buying. that gun. Yeah. Cause I was using other guns. I had to use other guns anyway, and I was using the MP7 a lot yeah. for close range stuff, so it didn't really fit into just what I was up to. Whereas now I was trying to find something to do, and Peacekeeping Mission was available, and I just got Skier Four, and I was like, "Ah, this is a perfect opportunity." Yeah, perfect opportunity to go and use it because fifty-five A one. I mean, yeah. Again, I'll I'll talk about it in a little bit, but it's it's really good. It's really good in 1212. <laughs> Twelve. It's really good, and so if you can play like, around the compound. way, yeah. So if you could play because it, it's got forty-five pen, so everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so if you play around the recall, then it's then it's good. But um, so there was other stuff. So uh, there was, uh, I think M sixty-two. Let me say, got a bit more expensive as well. Yeah, there
0: was. Um, there's a couple like, this, as I said, it's hard to keep track of this stuff because there's mm-hmm. no. There's nothing to track it's yeah. just whatever you think you mastered and know but like there was a jaeger weapons thick weapons case barter that requires more metal parts so there's like a price increase on metal parts on the market because okay. of that so I'm, I'm sure i'm sure some other stuff like this but these were like the big things that mm. um people noticed was like yeah the one, the the fuel barter the m62 i think went up like by one dollar amount like from Seven to eight, or
1: maybe it was like, yeah, it's a
2: funny one. That I mean I, I mean, I still think so many people are using M80 rather than sixty twos. It's sixty twos. It's a funny. It's a funny round. Ever since they nerfed the pen, it right. It sort of doesn't really have a place. There are people that use it because you may as well, and it's better. And M80 doesn't want up anyway, and you get a small recall buff for using it. But for the price, it's not really worth it, I would say. I don't think it it doesn't do enough to justify its price increase over M80, for example, in my opinion. So I think that's why a lot of people just stick with it, to be honest. Because M80 is still a killer round. It's so good. It's still so good now with so many people still using Class 4. I still see Class 4 everywhere. So, yeah, it's um, it's a it's a funny one. But um, but yeah, no, so one of the, the other big stuff we had Nikita posting on Reddit, he put a, a, a nice post out being like, Love you all. What's the problems? And uh, I thought it was quite funny because you went down through the different, you know, initial posts that people have made and it was just audio, mm. audio, 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 global stock, audio, audio, scavenertia, audio, 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 audio interchange. So there's like a couple of things and things that I noted from there was audio scavenertia and, and the way that they prone and they don't follow the player rules, the global stock situation, darkness on interchange and optimization in general for FPS. That was, that was really what people were asking for, but 85% of the posts were about audio, which I think is totally fair. And I'll mix in some of what, so the the community podcast just happened literally tonight. And um, we've kind of, I I caught, I caught some of it. And um, I I think me and Church spoke before and he's kind of all the cliff notes of it. So I'll sort of, we'll mix some of that in because it was quite long and he talked about a lot of stuff, but he did actually speak about, about that post and about audio in particular um, and about how so there's a lot of issues with, that they have with steam audio and because it's third party, it's ha- quite hard for them to debug because they don't, they can't necessarily see what's inside so easily because it's not theirs, which does make things kind of tricky. So I sort of feel for him on that, but I think they've, you know, they've got a whole team of audio people who, who look at this. So they are working on it and they're trying to fix it. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting that so many people now, it's like they've become the biggest the biggest topic. It's actually more... It's a bigger topic than... I don't know whether people have just kind of got tired of it or whatever, but it's a bigger topic now than desync, it seems. People have stopped talking about desync. They're talking about audio a lot more. Um, I don't know whether that's because inertia has made it less obvious, because desync still exists, but the way that people play right. maybe has changed a bit, and so audio now is more important than it was before, because I mean, it was important previously, but now... You need to know where people are before you commit to a push because otherwise you die.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think audio just feels really bad because you know, you're direct. It's like linked to your senses. Desync isn't it's like, it, yeah, you can argue it's linked to your, like your eyes and you can't trust your eyes. Mm. I guess you could argue that, but I just man, it's just like, God I don't know about you, but I'm a filthy I'm a filthy little sound whore, dude. I was like <laughs> Some some people, I don't understand how they can sit in Discord chats and just have their friends talking. And they're just sitting there playing Tarkov. Well, like I music in the like, background too. Yeah. Would be like, guys, can you shut up please? Or like mute Discord because I'm trying to like listen to this like mm. tiny little creek. you know. Stuff like that. I just, I actually don't ever understand. <laughs> but, <gasps> yeah, man. That's interesting he said that because not to, not to be rude, but I've thought the the common thought from the community was that it's not necessarily Steam Audio's fault. It's more like the quote unquote game's fault that the audio is bad, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. And this is the thing. I'm not sure what they need to do, whether Steam Audio is eventually going to be all the audio. So that's why they're spending all their time trying to fix the Steam Audio stuff. Right. Um, because the guy's rightly brought up the fact that you hear random keys, grenades, things next to you, scab voice. Yeah. The, the most annoying one for me is the jump scare scab voice where they just go. And then it's like they're off in the distance. But the first little bit right in your ear, I've got one clip where I literally jumped because there was a scab over the wall on customs. And it sounded like he was right next to me with a big megaphone in my ear for the first split second of the audio. And it, I, I actually jump scared. I mean, you could see my mouse move on the clip is quite funny i didn't end up using it anyway. i tried to post it onto twitter but there was incompatibility so it wouldn't let me post it and i said screw it, i can't be bothered but it's yeah that one is probably the most annoying i do actually it's a, it's no small part of my avoidance of places like resort and dorms is with the audio because outside it's not a big problem yes. and so i don't have to deal with it if i'm playing around those area outside of those areas you know outside on shoreline or whatever because i hate the audio inside and i never really got that comfortable with it so i know people even though it's bugged they kind of know the bugs and they know i think i've heard even jesse talking about it before knowing certain floors are bugged so you can go down the stairs run all the way along and they don't even hear you and this kind of thing so you know where the where the bugs are and i don't (laughs) and i have no interest in gamifying that in that sense and so it really diminishes like the internal building combat for me it really does
0: yeah no but that's kind of like takes away from the immersion of hmm. the game.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely actually because you're thinking about and, oh this mechanic works in this way and so and but it's a weird unintuitive nonsensical mechanic. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's like hyper competitive and it's like the worst kind of
1: <laughs>
0: way because you're taking the brokenness of the game and you know gamifying it hmm. to your advantage which is just like feels feels really bad for the receiving end um and i would argue doesn't feel good either for like the person using it because you you and you sort of realize man this is like this is really busted you know what i mean like just imagine there was like yeah. a game breaking bug where you could you know, fire your gun twice as fast and have less recoil. And it was like hard coded. Like, oh, I'll give you, I'll give you a better example. I, I don't know if this is still the case, but someone sent me a um, a Twitter video of Apex Legends. And God, that game is, oh, no, let me not, let me not go on a rant. But um, there's a, at the time anyways, there was a hard coded bug in a game where I can't I can't remember what the technical term was called, like what the coin term, I should say. But
1: if you rapidly jittered your mouse when firing down your sights. The gun would have zero recoil. Right.
0: Was like, how does that even happen? You know, <laughs> but just imagine, you know, you're playing you're playing Tarkov. OK. And you have a stock AKM. All right, you know, 762, whatever, BP, let's just like, let's just up the recoil as much as we got. You know what? Screw it. Let's go SA 58 (laughs) stock. Just imagine before you start shooting, you ADS, you start jittering, you know, just like moving tiny, tiny little micro movements back and forth, Mm -hmm. and you just full auto and there's just zero recoil. Just imagine how broken that would be. So that became the new thing to gamify within the game for like the, The competitors and whatnot, but it just like completely dissolves the game. You know, all the balancing they did for like the different guns and different stuff. Like now the meta is just like completely screwed. So, yeah, the things like this are just not, um, not good, not good to gamify. And I even, I was playing, you know, Shoreline Night Ray last night and I was, and you know, I'm like fairly comfortable in the resort, but I was having trouble localizing the audio like I could hear this guy like is he on my floor is he above me okay he's above me oh he sounds like he's on my floor he's not he's just literally right above me so it sounds like he's on my floor (laughs) and then you know like I can't hear him at all I hear like what in the distance okay so I can like he's like down you know almost near the sky bridge and I know there's a hole in the floor maybe he'll drop down Sure enough, he drops down, but I don't hear anything (laughs) because there's no landing audio. Because if you don't jump... He's just there. Yeah, he's just there in front of me, running towards me. Then I, you know, hear him. It's just like... But yeah, that whole time, I'm just... I'm literally just sitting still, trying to not get ran up on. And, you know, me... Because it's like, you'll hear nothing, and all of a sudden it's just like full volume, you know, footsteps running. It's, It's really really tough with the audio. Mm-hmm. And um, what I think might be their goal with Steam Audio, based off what Nikita said, is they are indeed going to make that the primary driver for the audio because as the Nikita said, as you said, or Nikita acknowledged, is like the keys, you can just hear those <laughs> plain as day through the, through the floors. And it's like the occlusion they have in the game they do have some type of occlusion right so like I don't know if you've noticed this but when you're outside of a building you know you have like the ambient noise profile right you just hear like yeah. the background noise and you can hear footsteps and everything you know just it's just like for the most part everything works and then you go inside and all of a sudden it's like the noise profile changes mm-hmm. and the footsteps you can't hear unless they're very close to you, but they have like a different profile or a different equalizer to them. They they sound more um, not really muddied, but uh, suppressed like, or compressed, I guess you could say. Um, but if as soon as you like, I'll do this all the time on, on Shoreline. If you step out, um, you may hear something like faint running, hmm. right? And if you step out on the ba- balcony. If they're outside, you hear them as like plain as day. Oh yeah. The catch is the catch is inside. Now, now you literally just stepped outside the window or like the door frame, the glass door frame onto the balcony. You can hear perfectly outside, but inside you can't hear anything at all. Yeah. Someone could literally run up beside you and you couldn't hear them. So well, until they get into like the like right next to you there's like a sweet spot yeah right? exactly like it's, it's exactly. really weird
2: it's such a funny so. thing isn't it because it's like yeah you've got that you've got the inside audio and the outside audio and mm-hmm. inside audio with inside audio outside audio with outside audio but then there's also you're outside and someone's inside so it's if you're if you're outside and someone's shooting in resort you can hear that because it's got a different it sounds like it's in a building and and vice right. versa
1: right and
2: it's exactly that right it's that mechanism but on footsteps and it's kind of over, overdone in that sense so you don't hear them until they're really close because it's kind of i guess the game's assuming it's just it's just flat profiles of inside versus outside that don't take into account localization or where you are or anything like that so exactly it's, it's a very simplistic it's extremely,
0: approach extremely yes extremely simplistic and i think what they want to do is take this steam audio and just replace their system and use it as the primary system because then the what in theory what could happen is you would no longer, or you would maybe you would hear the key unlocking through the floors, but it would be extremely, extremely faint. You know, yeah. you have to be like right underneath them. You know, it would be it would be a lot more intelligent. In That's then. So I could see, based off his answer, um, potentially that that would make sense to me. What they would be going for?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I don't know. It's it's, it's difficult. It is a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was another... So about what he said um, around global stock, and it was interesting that you started off talking about the Slick Barter in the first place, because... Oh, uh, did he? <laughs> and some, pe- some people were talking about global stock on his Fix the Game post as well. And then the guys on the community cast asked him, I think it was Geeks who asked him about global stock and what he thought about it. And I was actually quite yeah. surprised as to his answer, because he basically said... Global limits are not going away. They're a way to simulate shortages with amongst the traders. In the future, they're going to be more dynamic. So there are going to be okay. blocks on things in general, like meds or whatever. And we won't have to touch a button. The economy will kind of do it on its own. I don't know whether it'll, it's random events that are programmed in. I'm not 100% sure, but it might just be on a timer. Some event happens, it picks out of a pool all items related to that get removed i'm not sure I mean, that's sort of what it sounded like to me but that's me sort of stretching a little bit but it was quite funny because he basically said like you have to sit there and there's 20 of this really rare item and it drives player behavior to do things and it gives an emotional response not all emotional response need to be good you get there and you have to sit there and wait and it makes you be the first person there and then you get there afterwards and it's not there and you say ah you know and he said he likes the idea of certain items in the game you can see them but they're not available and it's almost as if it's you're looking at them as if they're almost in a dream you know can can you imagine getting this item that's kind of what he that's what he said but he basically was just like it's fine can be the traders is fine that's that's the way that things are going to be which I was a little bit disappointed. I kind of understand his like, broader thought process, but I just we've talked about it before, right? There's, I just think camping the traders is just such a sucky mechanic. So I think there's other ways of doing it, but it sounded like that's, this is sort of broadly the way it's going to be for Evermore. He said it's not going away, this kind of thing. And the global stock situation is definitely not going away. So whether they change the methodology of it, I don't know. But global stocks and shortages is not going away, which I'm fine with. I just don't like the trader camping mechanism, and maybe his plan is with open world and stuff that you know traders in locations you can't access the traders all the time anyway. So maybe it won't be as much of a problem. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'll make more sense within the grander scheme of one point
0: Yeah, it doesn't. Well, see, I was I heard that soundbite, and I wasn't sure if that
1: was, um, sort of like. I wasn't sure if that's exactly what he said, you know, that yeah. was sort of like stretched a bit,
0: but it sounds like that's exactly what he said that he likes the the limits, which I can like
1: as you said, I can kind of see. And there, it's it's so interesting man with like eastern especially that part of the world in general their approach to
0: like game design. Hmm. Um man, there's this one game Actually, the podcast talked about it recently was like pathological. I don't know if you've have you ever heard of that game, pathological. No. I think I've heard, I've heard I've of it, some, but I don't know anything about it.
1: I've seen some videos, and it's like it's it's. I I think the quote is like, um. I played this game so you didn't have to. Like, it's a really good game,
0: but you don't want to play it. You know, it's just like it's this weird, like torturous journey but it's so unique. Like they have like such an interesting approach to these things just and just from background I guess. But anyways, anyways. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing, but also <laughs> so interesting. I mean I could see something like I guess it just feels bad because the the state we're in now is I spend my time and my time is like just sitting at menus, you know? Yeah. Like, normally, for 90% of everything else, you just click a bunch of buttons and you're back in raid, Mm -hmm. you know? Whereas, like, as maybe you're saying, if you're in open world, you know, you you would technically be in raid, yes, you'd still be waiting, but it's like you're spending time, you could be going and looting dorms, but instead you're sitting here at, you know, Ragman and on interchange waiting for his stock to be like you know it it kind of feels a bit different i guess
2: yeah exactly because it's that thing it's it's zero the way i feel about it is zero risk for the people who just are sitting there it's not really rewarding anybody for doing anything special it's just rewarding you for having just being available at the right time which is a bit silly whereas if you had to go into raid to go and find the guy and he may or may not have stock because it's As we said, or as I talked about previously, imagine it's tuned so that fifty percent of the stock goes half, or the stock goes. Sorry, fifty percent of the way through the cycle, you go. You plan to do this raid, whatever, and you know that you might not have them when you get there, and it's kind of a bit random. You don't know because you couldn't see the timer. I think it's almost, almost problematic being able to see the timers. I'm not, I'm not sure, but yeah, you can. Yeah, it's it just doesn't feel like you're rewarding any kind of intelligent gameplay or anything. I think that's the thing for me. Like yeah. I understand what he's trying to go for. And I love the idea of yeah. dynamic shortages. I actually like the idea of shortages in general, but I don't like arbitrary shortages, which yeah require you to set an alarm and sit there five minutes before pressing refresh, refresh, refresh. And because there's only 20 of thick items case or something, it just seems a bit, it seems a bit silly, but I, I understand yeah. his thing, like looking at items, you know, you think they're a dream, whatever. Like I've had experiences like that in other games and not in this one. So and when i i played diablo 3 quite a lot at one point i never really talk about it too much i normally talk about d2 and mm-hmm. i was trying to build up to it was a, another game with a auction house and they ended up even having a real money auction house which they tinned because it just didn't really work but they still they actually had the the old version i'm not sure if it has it in now because i haven't played for so long but they had uh i think they maybe got rid of the whole thing but they got rid of the equivalent of the flea market but i was building up to mm-hmm. this mega item and it was taking it just took a literal age to get to because it was you had to buy off other players, and I can't remember how much it was, but you know, say ten million or something. And I was selling things for two hundred thousand or fifty or or whatever each time, and slowly getting there. And looking at this item, thinking, "Man, I wish I had this item." So I like, I understand that, I get it because I've I've felt that before. And there's very few things in EFT that make me think that I'm just waiting to unlock it from the trader, or I could buy it from the fee if I want to. There's nothing that's that great, that's that expensive, or that rare. That makes you feel like you know you're looking at something as if oh i can't if only i had this and i think it's partly because you lose the stuff that you, <laughs> you get so
1: it's yeah, more like the hide thing and I things i guess of,
0: yeah i was gonna say the only thing i could think of is like the lucky scab junk box like when you first start out the game you just sort of like mm. feel as if you know, this game is impossible, like, hey, you know, oh my god, I, only, I, I see streamers of, like, a bajillion, zillion rubles, and now here I have, like, you know, <laughs> a, a third of a million or something, you know, so it just kind of feels like it's impossible, and it's like, oh, I got all of this, like, if I can, can just get this junk box, I can, like, get all this space, and then you spend, like, hours organizing your stash, like, it's kind of this big thing, but it, as you play, it's sort of, like, it becomes less and less significant. Um, yeah yeah i i can see
2: that i can see that exactly so i mean what else did it so he actually talked about a whole lot of stuff um let me just see because I, I wrote a bunch of notes on here first in no no particular order they asked him about right well, hmm, sorry yeah, go ahead no go ahead no i was just gonna say they asked him about lengthening the start of the game and how that's how that's been going and i think everybody agrees that there's his wipe's done really well for that. 1212's been really good for it. But as he said, their idea is to try and keep it interesting throughout the whole wipe so that you could start whenever and then it's still interesting he's got good. ideas of, um, of ways to do this and kind of knows how he wants it to be done, but it's more of a 1.0 kind of thing when there are no, um, when there are no wipes anymore for some of the characters, because they're still planning on having a wipe character and a no wipe character, which I think is super cool. And, he has plans to basically make the yeah the, the no wipe characters interesting continuously without having to have wipes because you need to, you need some way of doing it but he didn't really really say too much um but that's effectively going to come on 1.0 the no wipe character that will come with the release of the game with all the other stuff that he mentioned I mean he broadly mentioned in passing about loads of cool features coming to the game in in 1.0 that he's not talking about and the structure of the game changing in ways that. We're never gonna know or see until until it comes out. It's actually funny because it's been a while since I've I, I love the game and I love talking about the game and the game is absolutely fantastic. But I think after you've played for a while, it's kinda of what we were saying a second ago. It does you those amazing moments, those special moments, do start to diminish, you know, you don't get quite the same it's not quite the same as when you're completely brand new and you're looking for the lucky scav junk box trying to get that money. Isn't nothing will ever quite compete with the first time you play through. Yes um and listening to this cast in particular of all of the casts for some reason i actually got that sense of excitement this time listening to him talking about 1.0 and thinking about i was just thinking about how it's going to be when we're all exploring the storyline quest for the first time and some of the structure of the game's changed i actually got properly like ah like i really can't wait i really really can't wait for it. it's gonna be super cool because it doesn't feel we spoke about it before and i've said i was excited which is true but it feels kind of tangible now because he's like, well, you know, we're finishing Streets and that's going to come out and then we're going to release 1.0, it's going to be all these cool features and then the game's going to kind of be done. Um, and there was actually something he said later. I'll, 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 let, <laughs> I'll let you speak in in a second, Church. I'll let you speak in a second. Oh, no, you're good. Um, I feel like I'm monologuing. No, but no. no. He, hey. he said something which made me think this is amazing. And you he basically said they're not going to release the game and just wash their hands of it. He said EFT is a long runner. I don't know whether something's changed in him or whether he's spoken to the team and changed his plans. I'm not sure, but he said DLC stuff has been moved to post the release. They don't have another game to make right now. EFT is what they have and they intend to make EFT better. Yeah, what they've achieved is amazing and they're in their own niche. No one else is really competing with them and they're going to be there as long as they possibly can. Which to me sounded quite different from the way he'd sounded in the past. And maybe seeing light at the end of the tunnel has changed his mind a little bit about EFT because I know they always wanted to make this other game and they're going to do other stuff, but they're building Arena out and they've got all these ideas that he's had to sort of push into DLC or whatever, but with the game coming to its conclusion and for the 1.0 release, but the community getting bigger that than ever, the game being bigger than ever with twelve twelve, huge streamers coming back, the Reddit is massive, they've you know, got tons of followers. They just keep adding players, it seems. And it's the game's in such a good state, this wipe. I don't know, he seemed really quite he seemed a little just the, just the nuances of the way that he spoke about it. He seemed excited about the future of the game and what they've achieved and how amazing it is that they've got to this point and that they really want to reap the rewards of make, they're not just going to throw it away when they get to
1: 1.0 and move on to something else, which I thought was, it was cool. It was a bit different. It was that it felt, it felt different to me. Yeah. That's interesting. I want to see that for hmm. myself, get that experience of my own. Yeah.
0: It's so. quite, it was
2: quite near the end. Um, but, but yeah, go and go and like, go and actually watch that. Cause it's, that's one of the reasons why I, I don't always get the time to do it, but this time I, I managed to actually find the time to watch it. And it's the, sometimes it's the small niche sort of the new, all the nuances of just the way the delivery is, is done. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the super good crowd as well. Um And the questions were interesting and it was, it was actually a really good one. It was really, really good. I'm, I was quite impressed okay. with, with the, with the guys putting it together in such a nice way. And Nikita seemed other than, you know, even though they've got people off with COVID or whatever, he seemed, yeah, I'll be excited, chilled, and it was, it was pretty cool. Honestly, it was pretty cool. That's good. So, yeah, it's funny. It was just said, he said, like, yeah, we don't have it, we don't have another game or anything. It wasn't like, well, you know, we're still, we want to, we really want to be moving on to Russia 2028. None of that. He was saying, we don't really have another guy. Ge- I think, I don't know, maybe something's changed because obviously the practical ramifications for, Game development and it 's a business at the end of the day and right and EFT's massive, so it's a great opportunity for them to do whatever they want to do and I think where this came from, this conversation sort of started because they were talking about arena and about how if you are not EOD then you 'll have to buy arena separately. Arena will be a separate game in that sense, you don't actually need to buy Tarkov. You can buy Arena, but if you want to use your main character, you not have some of the other features. I don't know exactly what that means, but have some of the other features and you need to have Tarkov itself. And that Arena may be a sort of gateway for people into EFT. Because they kind of asked him about that and said, do you think that, that will drive more players into the actual main game? Because you'll be able to just buy the DLC bit, the Arena section. Um, right. And he said, yes, but it probably will be. That's kind of our, one of our ideas about it might go so i don't know maybe they think there's going to be even more player growth in the future with arena and stuff i'm not sure having a more casual mode on the side which yeah brings people into the main game i I don't know it it felt like something had changed to me
0: that's interesting yeah because i've kind of gotten a good picture and i can't remember where what interview or what maybe it was the veritas one talking about ai anyways it it seems to me like the the original plan for Nikita and the team was, you know, they, they come off working with was Absolute Soft. No, that's not the name, is it? The name
2: I don't know. It we might ever... have been. I don't remember. The contract was people.
0: Yes, the you know that was like sort of their first go at it, and then they they had like this world they want to build. Um, and I and I don't know the exact politics of who owns IP. Maybe it's a shared IP. But then then they were like, okay, well we need a we want to make the single player story driven game. How do we fund this? Right. So we're like, okay, we'll, we'll make a, a, an online, you know, multiplayer game. And it'll just be like some little small project. We'll take what we learned from contract wars and, and sort of like try to like, you know, we want to do these things in the single player game. We'll put some of that in here as well. Sort of like this, you know, beta almost for like the, the single player game of mm. some of these features and, and,
1: and whatnot and then the popularity just explodes and now it's like yeah we we we. that was i guess things have changed so much and and they sort of have had to adapt to it in a way and yeah it's it's interesting man because i don't know it, i
0: like when when he was talking about in the past, like, Russia 20... Like, I guess in general, I just mm-hmm. hear 2028, 20, and I just think, man, it just sounds so boring. <laughs> like, the story would have to be... The story have to be, like,
1: amazing. And yeah. Maybe it would
0: be, you know? Maybe it would be. But for me, it's just... The multiplayer games are just far more interesting playing against people and interacting with people instead of... I don't know. And just, like, the replayability factor. Like, I just always feel like I get more more value out of a multiplayer game you know it's kind of a weird thing because in some ways i feel like single-player games are superior in terms of value because you can 20 years down the road i could go back and play the first elder scrolls yeah and and it's like forever right Like that could happen for a very very long time as long as the things around that are supporting it such as you know being able to run the game on newer machines and whatnot Mm -hmm. and backwards compatibility but when it comes to online games you know they they have to be supported by some server right and now nowadays it's all in-house within the studios you know it used used to be a lot more common you could go to these third-party sources and and buy a server and then run run a your own um server for yourself and and other and your friends you could have Support for that, but now it's all contained within the studio. Mm. So if the studio is not supporting it, or the or whatever. Then it's just like, yeah, sorry, we're not supporting the game anymore. The game's just dead. Yeah, that I think like what is it, Titanfall One, maybe is like an example of that. But then maybe that's because of a different
1: reason, doing with like hackers and stuff. But anyways, <laughs> um, point being, for me and the and the i just
0: i just find man multiplayer games are so much more interesting so i'm like really happy to hear that they're looking to fully support it and I, i'm very excited to see what comes of that i mean yeah it, it, that's such a big shift because it seems like not too long ago you know it, it seemed like they were talking yeah we want to move on and start developing yeah, we'll still yeah, we'll still do some Tarkov stuff, but we really want to do this Russia twenty twenty eight. That's, That's what, it what I feel like to me. Right. So it's it's very interesting to hear him say that and mm. I'm excited for them.
2: Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. it's, it's cool. Dude, there there's actually now that I'm like rereading through the list of stuff that I wrote down, there's actually some really cool things. Like maybe maybe there's like a, a couple of little bits that he spoke about that. Which is like we could we can like to touch on and then just move on. It doesn't like sure. some of the stuff's not too too crazy, but Pinning things in the inventory. They asked him a little bit about that, and there are two things apparently that are coming. I don't know when exactly, oh, but he said okay. that you can you'll be able to pin items in into the inventory, uh-huh. so you can sort around them. Um, so you can like pin your cases so they can't move, and then but then oh, then you can also lock them too, so you can lock stuff so that you can't accidentally sell them or you can't accidentally hand them in as quest items. So there's both of those things apparently are coming, which is kind of neat i'd like to be able to use because i don't like the way that the sort function sorts everything to the top of the inventory never like that particularly because when you control click off your character or scav or something you want those items also go to the top of the inventory so you end up just with all of your normal stuff and then everything else just piled underneath in it just is awful so i always have my stuff sorted manually bottom to top Mm -hmm. so there's a clearer space at the top and um that's just the way i like to do it so this will allow you to do that which will be which will be kind of cool there was um a really, so they talked a little bit about skills. So I don't know whether you've seen like Clean did a video about skills, and then Tweet did like a React video about skills. Oh, did he? He did. Um Basically, people just saying that they're a bit OP. Um And there were two things that Nikita spoke about on that, which is kind of fun. The first one, he's saying about max skills. He said, "I don't." He said, "I don't really like the way that the skills work, particularly." But he said people getting really worked up about endurance and strength. People with like max strength, whatever. He said, "Seriously, it's such a small." Portion of the player base, the chance of you meeting in meeting one of these people, it's very small number of people. Just just relax. Which <laughs> I was really funny. It was like everyone just needs to chill out. And I, don't worry about people with max skills. Just play your game. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um which I I laughed. And then apparently we have light and heavy armor skills coming to the game at some point. Which will Yeah. I don't know exactly what that means, but to me, that sounds like you might get perks for using light armor which would be kind of cool because i know you know in games like what am i thinking of where do you you have like light armor perks i think i think skyrim that you have light and heavy armor perks probably in all the other elder scrolls one but it made more of a difference i thought in in the latest ones um but that would be neat if you got extra speed bonuses and that kind of stuff from the light armor because at the moment i don't feel like there's necessarily enough of a a difference other than those huge debuffs that you get from the really heavy armors, which just yes. means nobody uses them, people end up using the slick all the time because it's got really low debuffs and it's really good. So there's not really, it has no stomach protection. But other than that, it'd be kind of neat if you, I don't, I don't know, we'll have to see how they balance it exactly. But maybe if you use only up to class four or something, then you can get some extra speed speed boosts or or whichever. I mean, if it's like class two or three, then it won't ever be worth it, and no will do it anyway. So we'll see, but I think that's that's neat. I, I like the idea of giving some more options for deciding on your yeah. kits, and yeah, giving you more like range of things you might take. Because I don't think like the light kits are particularly done at the minute.
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind <laughs> of it. It's kind of weird. I it depends. Like I was sort of ensuring that my. Loadout wasn't over the overweight limit. So Mm -hmm. that way, because I'm going to go in shoreline, I'm going to loot as much as I can without, you know, trying to survive in the resort. So I'm going to come out heavy. You know what I mean? So I don't want to, like, I want to, like, make sure I'm not too heavy. So there is, like, some incentive. But at the same time, there is, it's interesting because there is also some incentive to be somewhat. Overweight, but not too overweight, because you want to be underweight, so you're leveling endurance. And then once you start looting a few items, then you're overweight, so then you're leveling strength. So this is kind of a weird thing. But I I get what you're saying. There's not like a like on the really low end. There's not like a a big incentive, I guess, to run. Like I don't even know what like the lightest armor. Maybe like Uh, yeah.
2: I I think that's the thing for me. It's like the armor. The armor thing is all about class and price yeah i don't think people really pay sure. that much attention to the yeah a bit to the weight you know if you go over only if you go overweight if the number is if the number's white no one cares at all really yeah right you don't get any benefits for only having ten kilos for example particularly um although I think is your move speed a bit bit faster because I know you're faster well, if you're a hatchling aren't you so maybe that's not entirely true but, I actually can't well remember. it's
0: it well the part of that reason is because of the the inbuilt debuffs, of the armor. So like hatchling it, you don't mm. have any debuffs. That's true. Does it, does it just come from on, that? Maybe it does. I think it's a uh, mix of both, but I think it's a lot more heavily mm. weighted on the penalty of the armor.
2: Yeah. I think to test that actually, I don't know like if you're, if you're still under your weight threshold, do you run any slow? If you're not wearing anything with a debuff, I just don't know the answer to that. I, I think that you probably aren't penalized but i don't actually know for sure at all so yeah that I mean that's an interesting one yeah but it'd be quite it'd be neat if you had because again the thing is you don't want to say oh well you the lighter you are the more you get like these crazy bonuses because then people wear nothing and then run around super speed crazy hatchling so uh, i don't i'm not sure that Let's it needs to be balanced bag, properly <laughs> Can you imagine? You can't even shoot the guy, and then you just get targeted in the head by like a
1: level fifty with no armor on and no no stuff at all. It'd be quite. It'd be quite funny. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. There was something really really interesting that he said. Mm-hmm. He started off talking about. They asked him about Santa and about Scav Rep and About oh,
2: okay, what about people who um actually everybody was in hysterics? It's, it's actually very funny, it's a very funny clip. They said about scav rep and whether what people can do or if they're going to do anything to help people get even further back after the you know they put a few quests in. But if people are quite negative, is there any redemption? And he he said, you know, sometimes you just suck and then there's just nothing you can do about it. It was like sometimes you're just born like that, you know, that's just the way things are. And it's a representative of real life, and he talked a lot, he talked a bit about some people he said talked for some reason he was talking about another game and he was he was talking about having like being born with like some deliberate, uh, debilitating disease or something that maybe you can cure later or whatever but he said he was thinking about that and this is probably the most shocking thing you may even have seen people talking about this on twitter already the most shocking thing that he said about certain very special
1: high value areas which i imagine they're going to be very um Top end style loot, or for some other reason they're important. We don't really know,
2: but they they will be irradiated in some way. Mm-hmm. And I imagine from what he said that you've got an overall radiation exposure kind of situation. And if you if you don't respect the areas and you don't respect the mechanic, you can build up enough in your character over time to effectively give yourself a permanent radiation exposure damage and he said if you get a little bit of exposure then you can get rid of it later that's the thing but if you if you let it build up and you you don't you don't manage it then over a certain period of time then you may end up actually causing your character to permanently die
0: interesting i didn't hear
2: this and he said i'm he said i'm not sure but he said i'm still thinking about it i don't know but he was like i think this might be kind of a cool kind of a cool mechanic that if you push it too hard and you're too greedy and you really don't, and you don't respect the mechanics or whatever. Then the only alternative is to reset your account. That you don't so, escape Tarkov, you just lose.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like, is it? Is he literally describing like just a? You just can't even like the, the, you're just a black. You're just staring at a black screen. You know what I mean? It's I d- like I don't know. It
2: it sounded more like a bunch of debuffs to begin with, that maybe that you just mm-hmm. can't ever get rid of which would be really annoying. But ultimately, if you push it and you just keep going anyway, then he, he literally said, like, you get leukemia and die, effectively. <laughs> um, which, I mean, it sounds awful, but he, he said he quite likes the idea of those things where if you're not managing stuff, a bit like the mm. scav karma thing, if you don't manage things, it's like real life. If you don't manage things and you screw it up, then there's nothing you can do to fix it. You're just permanently stuck now, or at least resetting your account, right? Or you know going back to level one. Yeah. But he, he, he quite likes the idea of it. So whether that will make it in or not is still to be seen. I think it's still an idea in his sure. head about whether it makes sense. And it's, he said it's only going to be it's going to be optional areas. It's not like well every. Right. The other right, guys right. on the podcast were like, "Oh, maybe you can make D two a radioactive area. So we can not in there for hours, make you know, make every bush very small radioactive in the middle there." But I, I think it'll only be some special areas. It's gonna, in my mind, it would be places like the various key card rooms in labs, maybe, or something like weapons uh, testing, maybe. You know, th- th- those kind of areas are. I don't really know, but I mean, there's all sorts of goop all over labs, barrels of stuff open and spills of various chemicals and, and whatever. So. I guess it's that kind of that kind of place where in your regular course of play you wouldn't necessarily have to go to so if you did want to you'd have to be prepared and make sure that you're not spending too long there and you don't go too many times and whatever I, it's one of those things where I imagine in the way that I would do it if I was him is that mm-hmm. it would be very difficult to actually get yourself killed really in practice but okay. if, but it's it's it is possible and so you wouldn't ever accidentally do it, but you would have to manage it if you were going to those areas, if that makes sense. So you, you have to be keenly aware of it and make sure that you're mitigating it in whatever way they give you in the game to do such a thing, either not going for a certain period of time and then going back. But the bar doesn't... It won't build up and kill you in, in, in one individual raid, so you you always have a way. It's, it's never going to catch you by surprise, necessarily. But it's always a looming threat if you're too
1: greedy as he says, and go to go too many times. So uh, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I I heard this, and
0: I like I like it. Um, the only part I'm like questioning is the permadeath part. Like it's it's kind of a weird thing because you know if it's like literally as I describe a black screen, it's just like you just can't play the game, you know. Like you literally just can't play the game, so it's it. You would like it just be weird to be like, okay, well, let me close the game, go to the website, reset my account. You know what I mean? So like it it would need to be like your PMC died. Yeah, I guess so. Create a new account. You know what I mean? Something like that. I could see. But as far as like conceptually, I really like it because (laughs) it does. To me, that's like what Tarkov is about. Mm. Is sort of experiencing these like high stress tension situations and having this scenario where, you know, you may like, let's just use this example. Let's just say streets comes out and there's a section on the map. That's like highly irradiated, whatever there's loot. There it doesn't have to be great, whatever. Um, but there's a quest in the game. where you have to go into the radiation zone and plan something. Okay,
1: mm.
0: and maybe there's some items in game that you know, like you can bring a Geiger counter and that will like help you see. Now you'll be able to see your radiation levels or 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 whatever. And then maybe you know there's like milk or something that like helps reduce the radiation buildup or something. You know, there's there's some kind of like in game stuff to like help with the experience of it all as far as like managing it and whatnot. But so you go into the area, you know. And you get a plant thing and it's really annoying and you know you're trying to like manage everything. But there's also other players that are trying to do this this quest as well. So now you have like a really even more tense situation. Like you don't want to be here, but you have to, and then there's other people, and it's just like, you know, there's conflict and maybe something happens, a fight breaks out, and then you're both like trying to manage <laughs> your radiation while also doing the quest yeah. and also you know not die in the process because you've been stuck on this quest like a lot of that's really fun and then you can that to me that it's like oh man that's such a it's going to feel really bad but it's also like once you hit the fail state it's going to feel really bad like mm-hmm. dang i'm level 59 and i got to reset my account <laughs> but <laughs> that ten- that tension during the experience is good, like that and overcoming that that's going to feel like like oh thank god like that's the that's the post-nut right there. <laughs> she gets the quest. Done. Just... <laughs> so I I like it. Um, it is just a little... It's interesting, man. I don't know. Like, oh, yeah, I like it. But also, like, I don't... I don't want to be level 59 and have to <laughs>
2: I think that's the thing. It's like, I think it would only be if you really pushed it that you would end up properly... I, I imagine that you would get some negative... It would be quite cool for something like almost like a warning you know you get negative effects on your pmc for like three or four days for example and they slowly wear off yeah so it's kind of oh, okay right we, we touch, we're a bit close to the line there um without just instantly killing you and then if you don't respect it then then it will then it will potentially kill you or whatever but i, I like the scenario that you mapped out there and described where you're in the area but you you're trying to leave but then there's a fight or whatever because. It's almost that it almost signifies something that Tarkov has in a broad sense in terms of the raid timer, but it actually replaces for me something which drives excitement and fun in other games, namely most battle royales like PUBG, where you have the circle and the circle forces people to move because you die outside of that. So if you're in the zone, but you don't want to be in that area anymore in in these radiated areas, then you've got this other, it's a, another parameter that you're having to try and figure out and, and manage and say well how, how long can i stay It's that like, yeah when you're outside the zone in pubg and you say oh, how long can i stay here because i've got this many meds and i know that it's going to tick down this much this is how far the game's through you kind of make that mental calculation it's the same thing here how long can i afford to wait for this guy you know if he's got a position on you or an angle or you've got an angle on someone else but you're in the radiation zone well, how long can i afford to wait for this dude or do i just have to make a run for it if i'm the one who's who's pinned that kind of thing do i certainly die or maybe cause permanent damage to myself maybe i'd rather actually just normally die but what if you die in the radiation zone does that does that give you like a load more terrible effect so then you think god i don't want to die in here because you wake up i don't know six hours later and you're really super irradiated because you died in that Mm -hmm. zone i'm not sure you can imagine lots of cool scenarios from it so yes i think that's probably the the biggest tagline and headline from this this cast though is nikita considers permanent death in in eft you can you can see it now um it's very it's quite shocking i think that's the thing it's quite shocking to people to imagine their character dying and that's i think that's what he wants though he wants to evoke that emotional response of saying it's possible it is possible for you to die
0: yeah see i would almost like it as as if it's like a permanent debuff like you're just now irradiated. so like Mm. your energy is just like goes from like a hundred to like zero and like you know, as soon as you like the array, like it just like rapidly starts dropping, like, your hydration too. Like it's like just like you're constantly in pain. Your vision's like um like it's just like miserable, right? But you can still play the game, but it's like you gotta bring in your whole loadout is just MREs and water bottles to like move from like <laughs> like just like pure suffering. So it's like effectively you know what I mean? Mm. But like you could still play you could still like quote unquote play the game. I don't know. Oh god, it, I'm not it, sure it just, which is worse.
2: So
3: weird.
2: Cause then you're I like, do I? I then because that's awful. Cause then you say, Well, this I can play, but do I do I because if you're if you're just dead, then you have to reset, you don't have any yeah. choice. Whereas this is kind of right. Do I put myself <laughs> through this misery? You know, I'm level 59 already. Do I make it to level 65? Through this, yeah. or do I start again? That would be horrible because that puts you in such a tough spot, which is maybe why it's great. I don't know. I just don't I don't know. I don't know. It's good this is gonna be potentially, you know, misery and pain and suffering and also excitement and stuff at the same time. So Man, I, I really don't yeah. know.
0: Last thing I'll say, I really liked the now G made of PUBG and taking that same analogy you know imagine you're like you're in you're in the inside the the circle sorry outside the circle so you're taking damage Mm. but you're looting this guy and you're being greedy right you know you're like yeah i got enough meds and you know and you're doing this thing and then out of jupiter some guy just like shoots you or runs up behind you and kills you and just like dude i was so greedy and it feels bad but you only lost that one that one round you know it's not not really the end of the world. Yeah. And similarly in Tarkov, you know, maybe you got greedy, you're looting this body and then some player scout comes up and, and kills you, but it's not the end of the world. It's on well that one round where this is like, dude, this is, this is the whole game. This is my life's work <laughs> on the line, dude, in the radiation zone, so I, I, I kind of like it. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see what they
2: do with that. Exactly. That's the thing. Even it's if it was like three terrified. or four, even if it was like three or four days of debuffs or something like you'd be yeah. freaking careful next time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, dude, I have yep. to play half a week with like my character, just like groaning the whole time. My stomach's leaking and like, you know, I'm bleeding out my ears or whatever. Sounds, <laughs> a, sounds awful. Sounds exactly like the kind of thing that we all love. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So what, what, what else? So, um, the, he was asked about the trader on, on lighthouse which is kind of cool and about whether santa was a test for the trader mechanic which lots of people speculated he said that it is absolutely not the trader is going to be more like action rpg star with dial there's gonna be a dialogue system and voice lines which is which is cool so they're working on that it's not just going to be a thrown together you throw an item on the floor he throws you something back it's going to be there's going to be proper dialogue and i guess you'll, you'll have to choose stuff um on that same vein, talking about traders, he said that in the main game, you you may have to take sides depending on what you do. So there's going to be the story and the, dialogue, quest, the sorry, dialogue options with that. And he said that if you make certain choices and take certain sides, then it is possible to have certain traders blocked forever from you, for example. Which <laughs> sounds pretty neat, right?
1: Yeah. That sounds,
2: that sounds pretty neat. So not being able to choose everything always... It's the thing we've talked about maybe a long time ago. Actually. I don't think we've really talked about it recently because it's single-player progression and lore-centric, which is the thing of you can't get everybody to level four. And this is even yeah. more interesting in some ways. It's like, yeah, some traders just get... You, you backstab, prep or something, and that's it. You're blocked. Now you, you're you only working with Usec basically, and or with Peacekeeper, and you're really only able to buy their, their ammo. You can't get any of the top-tier rounds for... Five four five or seven six two thirty nine anymore, you can only get five five six and you know three hundred blackout and that kind of stuff. So you would maybe have to make some hard choices. I don't know. It sounds cool. He didn't say much about it, but he just said, Yeah, some trades might get blocked forever. Which it's pretty neat. It's it's
1: it's good. I, yeah. I like it. I like it. I like the idea of it. I kinda like it as well, yeah. Yeah. I think uh it's always a tough thing, is you know
0: having less choices feels bad in in a lot of ways, but it also makes it interesting
1: at the same time if you know what i mean yeah like yeah you have i don't know i give you yeah anyways
2: it's not like what we said about before when we talked about slay the spire i think previously where it's you know here's three amazing things you you want them all but you can only pick one and you have to then make a hard decision yeah to lose yes. access to something good to gain access to something else good and it's that's up to you, but it it depends. So early on, it doesn't matter so much, but later it's like, well, do you want 5501 or do you want 760 VP? you know? And you have to make that choice. It's like,
1: that's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard choice.
0: Yeah. And whereas like giving, you know, you still have those three options, but you can pick one or you can pick all. It's just like kind of less interesting, mm. I think, you know? Whereas you can only pick one, you're going to miss out on these other two things. Yeah. That, that That's really where it, and that's kind of where we're at, but I mean, it's like we're going from having those three options always available to, okay, now we're going to give you those three options, but you can only pick one. That's where it's just like, it feels bad, but it also feels good as far as making it yeah more interesting, I think.
2: Yeah, and he, he actually talked a little bit about each individual PMC feeling more unique. And he said, yeah, some people have max skills, some people oh. do this in the hideout, whatever. And I think that's sort of what they're going for. You sort of touched on that loosely in a few, few areas saying that, you know, I guess if you can specialize in one thing or another thing, it makes your PMC different to someone else's PMC. Cause maybe because what you have access to or the trader rep that you have, and maybe you, you have this cool thing from Peacekeeper now, because yeah, you're super pissed off prapo and now, but you're blocked forever from him. So there's, I like, I like all these things with, with pros and cons. It's the same. Again, it's it's like in Dota trying to choose between items. Sometimes some yeah. things are straight upgrades, but Others are, you get this thing, but then there's a downside. And it's the same with, I don't think there's enough stuff in Tarkov like that. You see with some of the stims, which is plus on this, but you take 10% more damage. That mule, mule stim. So there's, I like that kind of stuff, where you have to pick the downside that you're comfortable with in order to get some of the good things that you can't, you can't get things without sacrifice, in that sense. I, I kind of enjoy that, so. Dude,
0: just real quick, everything mm. that I've heard so far, it's just been like everything I dreamed that Tarkov would be. So like, like I feel like, dude, this is kind of like surreal. Right I to, I told like, you,
2: I got I actually was properly excited, and I was, I was, yeah, like a little boy at Christmas. Just hearing this, hearing yeah, the cast no. and and hearing the guys talk to him. I, I really think that they did an amazing job with the topics that they covered. So, mad props to Iron Fist and all the other guys who were on it because it was really well done and a lovely breadth of of things were on there it was dan it was dan it was iron fierce it was geeks and um and sigma and Akita. and
1: they covered so many cool things uh it was it was a joy it was it was actually a joy to listen to it really was
2: so I think that was that was that was mostly what I had down. Um they said everybody's working on the streets as we know. Um he's worried about his payability, as we know, but that's fine. Um the escape in one point is gonna be really hard. Not everybody's gonna be able to escape. I imagine it's mm-hmm. not maybe not kappa difficulty level, but it's on that sort of same path, I think. Not everyone will even finish and he said it's going to be difficult to actually es- escape and you're in his words he said you'll get a magnificent badge saying you escaped from Tarkov you know or whatever that means but it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough to leave. Um and then with open world when that comes it's gonna be randomized entry and exits from different maps and they might do like checks for players and that kind of thing so that you don't always so you don't spawn in people have extract camping op- options. Okay. But he said look people are going to camp those extracts. He said there's no two ways about it. So we just got to try and manage that as best as they can, and like see where see where it goes. Because like people absolutely are going to camp those things, but there's going to be multiple of them, so it's it's not just going to be you know gate three and factories the only way into the labs or whatever. It's, it won't be like that. But you will get you will get camped. It's not really um, there's not really anything they can do about that. And then instead um, of
0: extract camping, it's entrance camping.
2: Yeah, exactly. Imagine you like imagine turning up and like, you just die immediately. Yeah. Yep. Be so bad. And yeah, and then the only other two things, um, because I just kind of wanted to wrap mm-hmm. up this bit, was yeah. more airdrop mechanics of some description. He didn't <laughs> he didn't go into any detail, but he said pretty soon there's some like cool mechanics for that kind of thing going on. Because I know that he I don't know whether he accidentally leaked potential for like players to do something to bring in an airdrop so I don't know, because people were talking about that for a bit about you know player yeah. flares or whatever. But he said there's some new mechanics that are coming pretty soon, which are gonna be cool and everyone's gonna find interesting and fun. And they posted a, an AK recently on Twitter, or at least Nikita did, I think. And he said, yeah, there's, they want to increase the number of modding that people can do. And maybe it'll be an advanced modding thing that you can do later. You can like really go down into the detail. But he said, I just love modding guns and I want to add more to the game because it's just what we love to do. It's like fiddling around with weapons yeah. or whatever and going right down to the detail. It's not really necessary. You know, the game's already the most exquisite gun building platform simulator. <laughs> um a gaming or not right it's um right it's just it is what it is so but they're gonna try and in- increase that and give more mods for both ak platform and ar style platform supposedly so but that was it dude like yeah honestly i implore anybody to go and go and listen i don't know whether it will be sometimes i find these quite hard to listen to if you go to iron fist's twitch channel directly you can find the vod on his channel because i couldn't really find it was, it was hard to find even specifically looking around for it and given it, it literally just happened I couldn't find that easily where it was. I always end up struggling to find these because they don't they don't go up on YouTube. So you don't end up with the YouTube search algorithm. You just type the thing and then up it comes, right? Or you're not just immediately recommended it. So anyway, Iron Fist's channel is where this was. If anybody wants to go listen to it, I think it's the full thing. If you skip the intro, I think it's about an hour forty. Um, but as always, you can listen there the whole time. Yep, he's there literally the entire time right from the beginning. Okay, interesting. uh, you can listen you can listen on one and a half or two times speed like i do normally now you know it's my trick that's, that's always my trick these days speed through the content um but yeah dude, that, that was that that was that it was um it was super fun honestly it was super fun i really enjoyed listening to it and i'm i'm really excited in a kind of soon tm you know i don't want to go too crazy but i'm optimistic right. about the future kind of way you know these things are easy yeah. to talk about and hard to implement but it's sounding good, and I like the mentality shift. That's probably the thing that made me the most excited in the sort of broad sense. Not, like, not directly, because mostly the gaming stuff that, that makes me think this is going to be super cool, but feeling like there's potentially more um, momentum and impetus to keep going with the Tarkov that they have and the fact that it's such a good opportunity for them to do whatever, whatever it is they want to do. I don't know maybe whether the long-term goals have changed or not, but anyway, spoken enough about that, so... Yeah, I almost feel like
0: they are taking a lot of the stuff they wanted to do in 2028 20, and sort of reworking that for Tarkov. Maybe. I think anyways, I don't I don't know. I would love to just ask Nikita about a lot of these things, but you know, talking about that idea of having your PMC feel unique to you, um, something like that, I can I can see That's like, you know, I don't want to say very easy, but it's like very common or, or you know, it like fits really well within like a single player mm. story in some cases.
1: Um, not always, but I don't know. Anyways, yeah, that dude is like what I've just like
0: always wanted for Tarkov. Like, I just want to feel like you kind of have it with like the clothing, <laughs> but everyone has the clothing. Yeah. Also, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to feel like my experiences. is, you know, like, I can play the game, experience Tarkov, and my experience could be like completely different than Bobby's experience or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, I went through the progression tree and and I went this route, and it's like, yeah, I didn't have crapper. I had a deal of crappy, you know, uh, M fours at the start or whatever. You know, kind of like how they did with with that one patch back a couple, I think like last December. Um,
2: well, when like they actually split off the the bear versus you gear you mean
0: yeah it was you had literally had a different loadouts and mm. that was like really different you know if you went i went Usec for the first time that wipe and i had m4s and trooper armor which was kind of cool and mechanism and then you know it was just like m700s it was like yeah you just that was completely different than the other experiences but then if you know this wipe i went bare and it was like yeah that was like very different than than the Usic experience, you know, having AKs and, and being able to mod them early and, and do things with them and Mm. having some class three armors have the trooper, but this one covers your stomach. Like all these little things kind of add up and having more of that in the game, dude, it would just, for me, it would just like elevate it to an, to an even further level than it already is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that the funny thing is at the moment is that as you say, PMCs aren't really that different. There's, you've got this, the clothing and, and whatever, but everyone has access to clothing, everyone has access to the hideout. Really, at the moment, the differentiation between PMCs is just pure progression. Everyone has the same levels, pretty much everybody levels the skills at the same rate, too, because everyone's doing the same kinds of things. You're getting endurance, and strength, and recoil skill, and, and whatnot. And it was actually one of Tweet's comments when he was watching Clean's video about the skills in general, saying that the weapon skills have kind of been forgotten and left to the side they were really good at one point and then they got nerfed into the ground and it was never been touched and he thought that there was some really cool things that they could do with weapon skills in general and that would actually make a lot of sense to me you know they've got these skills for ak's for m4s for all of this stuff but all they do really at level three what do they give you a different animation or something and you can can,
1: yeah you can
2: ads and reload or whatever they're like really 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 tiny tiny skills and i think i just feel like maybe they could do Some really cool things there that would then make you feel like, yeah, you know, I'm a specialist on this and I'm, you know, this is the thing I've done. And yeah, if you can only have access to certain traders because certain pathways block you off. And I think that was also the thing now, yeah, as I said, you do go through the skills the same way. Everyone levels the same way. You get access to the traders at the same time because of the level system. The hideout also is exactly the same. And everyone gets all the quests in the same order because of... Yep. And so all the tasks everyone's doing is the same. So it feels like everyone's going to the same maps. Everyone goes to customs at the start, and then you start going to interchange, and then maybe a bit to shoreline afterwards for Peacekeeper. And it's just, it's all the same. So they can break that cycle. It'll feel a lot more just dynamic in terms of what people do, and it'll feel that like you have more choices. It'll be close. It'll Well, at the moment, it's zero on this scale, and it'll be, you know, you imagine playing... And this is kind of what you said about single player games being more like this and that you play The Witcher. And you can kind of do what you like. You can speak to whoever. Yeah. And The Witcher 2 in particular, one of my, it was a, it was a friend of mine who actually got me to play. And he said, oh, see, so, because there's some critical points in The Witcher 2 about which side you choose and what happens to the storyline. And I went a different path to him. And we both basically can play one third of the game completely different. to to each other wow because of the way that the tree branches and then it comes back together again later but he went through all this other stuff with this one set of people and i chose a different choice and it and it critically branches the story and we both had you know we both talked about it and oh you know but i did this and you did that and and it was super cool so yeah if they can get a bit closer to that kind of idea then that would be great because that then gives it makes you feel like your story is unique and that you have agency over your pmc and what happened rather than being yeah like you like talk up right now is you stand on the train track and the train pushes you yeah. along down the tunnel yeah. and you just have to do what the train tells you to do you know yeah you go where the train pushes you
1: so i'm looking forward to the it, big thing too i would i would love to see more of and which we
0: have a, a tiny bit now is sort of the, the faction differences also Um, Hmm. as far as like the role playing side of it all you know like realistically the difference between Usec and Bear is just clothing everything we just described earlier right but like you know now we got like the rogues and like they're friendly to Yusek's but if you kill them they're not and like you know they talked a while ago about reworking PMC Karma or maybe they were just like yeah we don't know what we're gonna do with PMC Karma because Scav Karma may or may not have gone the way they wanted to. I'm not too sure. But nonetheless, having that experience also mixed up in that Hmm. would be really interesting because it's like, what did you choose? I chose Bear. Oh, I chose Bear also. It's like, hey, did you do the thing? It's like, yeah, I did this thing. And like, hey, what about this? Oh, no, I didn't do that. I did something completely different. Like, you could still have some overlap with other factions, but also completely different outcomes as well it's like oh yeah i pissed off prapper bro like dude he's <laughs> like dude he's really pissed at me he's <laughs> like what do you mean prapper's my comrade dude we're buddies dude. yeah <laughs>
2: Just on that on that note can you can you get me some of that 762 pp you know you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like but, smuggling that <laughs> you could
0: you could stretch it out to like the the inner player dramas you know it's like oh dude i'm so pissed off at booty slayer 69 yeah he's (laughs) in my bear faction you know it's just like there's so much potential of like the role playing within the world of tarkov and i would love to see and 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 i i feel like nikita also is sort of like he likes this stuff as well Mm. and i would love to see it come up and rise above so there's more of the surface because right now i just feel like it's so deep deep within the subconscious lore of Tarkov like it's only in the lore, yeah. it's never in like the gameplay really
2: so. yeah, it'd be quite cool to have the equivalent of guilds or whatever and you know, companies yes. of PMC and with shared goals And Imagine. I, I, I don't know I, I'm not sure exactly how that would pan out but yeah, maybe you'd have shared shared goals you have to get to to do certain things, I, I don't know, but it'd be, it'd be cool it'd add a whole other layer yeah. God, I hate this U-Sex <laughs> they disgust me why do we hate the Usex
0: again? Because we're bare, bro. <laughs> we're <bear>. That's
2: why. <laughs> Did you see there was an account uh on Twitter called it was called Usex of Tarkov? It's very uh-huh. new. I'm not sure. I don't know who I don't know who runs this, but it's very, very funny. And it's super new. And it was uh, yeah, it was the Oi guy who who pointed out this this account. Oh really? Yeah, and it's funny. And he's they just started posting things like um message to all fellow you we're superior we're better we're more skilled stealthier quicker better simply better in every aspect of survival of life bear be warned we will show no mercy and just like Usec <laughs> random Yusek propaganda it's quite funny oh it's, it's good it's good it's hilarious actually uh, yeah exactly I, I can't i hear it here it is there's the one the one that i've got posted to me. But the primary objective of Usex is to destroy any evidence of potentially illegitimate activity by its employer and protects its property from being captured by bear. Bears do be warned, stay out of our way. And it's it's kind of like I I love it. I love it, man. It's like people sort of yeah. proper role playing within that within that thing. Right. Which uh, which would be cool. But yeah, when PMC comes in as well, it's like, oh you bear, yeah, I'm bear now but I'm negative five karma. Oh you know, stay away. So it gives you more yeah, that uniqueness about your character that you've got standing and Rep, either either real rep because you're part of a faction and betrayed them or whatever, or in game a number.
1: Kind of yeah, both things, be, are, yeah.
0: You could have like sub factions, like you know, yeah, we're like bears, but we're the the, I don't know, the block gang or something, and you're like the quote unquote bad guys of the bears, you know, and yeah, other they're, like bad bears team up with you, you know, and you could be, like, oh yeah, we're the mother Russian. Uh, lovers or something. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> we're the good bears. You know yeah. what I mean? You, 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 yeah. There could be, yeah, there's so much potential there. Is that dude. what the alignment uh, chart?
2: You say the lawful you say oh,
0: okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chaotic good or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Chaotic neutral. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Funny. Yeah, no, but 100%. 100%. Dude, could totally be a thing. Um, I did want to ask you, hmm. do you, so is it confirmed? Did you mention anything about? doing an actual bsg podcast because i thought that was a rumor for he, a while. he
2: did he said it was supposed to be in about a week but then he said that because of all the covid they couldn't do it because it, it was between a third to a quarter of the company at any one point it was basically oh wow covid uh, i think he said it's about a quarter now but people are recovering and it's gonna I mean, be okay it sounds, it sounds like a lot but yeah. yeah he said a lot of people have been taken out so he doesn't know exactly when mm.
1: it's going to be it's pretty much what he said but it, it sounds like a soon tm okay cool so Finished. with that i got a couple of questions i want to ask you if you don't mind yeah, yeah of course um
2: did you watch veritas's ai video i i did I'm not, i did i did i finish it is the question i watched most of it yeah i watched most
0: of it so which which one because there was the original one which was sort of like his um thesis or, or research on ai and, and various other games and then there was the one where he inter- interviewed nikita
2: i did watch both i think the the thesis oh, okay. one so i watched the nikita one all the way through It was a quite a while ago now i think i what maybe i watched the nikita one first though mm-hmm. and i don't know i can't remember if i got to the end of the ai thesis one I think I got most of the, I got like three quarters of the way through and then I meant to watch the rest and I just got distracted by life and, and forgot. But yeah, I had the, the bulk of what he was trying to convey um, within it and some of the problems that they've got within Tarkov. I don't, I found, I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure Like, if there's a specific question that you wanted to ask me about it, but I just found it quite interesting about all the discussion that he had and then talking to Nikita and Nikita being so open about them being confused about the way the AI works in such, in certain so many situations and about how the AI is actually very complicated. And, and it's what well, I think the most interesting thing that I took away from the whole thing was that AI in principle, you can do various things with it. But part of the problem with EFT is that the complexity of the maps causes a lot of problems and issues. Like the maps are more detailed than any other FPS game that I've ever played. And that causes things like the scouts running backwards and forwards between two boxes and stuff, because scouts get stuck in states that they're not supposed to be in. And they have to have all kinds right. of logic to try and get them out of these states. Whereas if you have, say, a source map or something, where it's, super, it's kind of open, there's a few bits and pieces here and there, but it's mostly just tunnels, corridors, or open areas, and that's it. It's yeah. quite different, you know, and the maps in EFT are huge. Yeah. Um, and that was probably the most interesting thing, because... I was probably more on the, the Veritas side of things to begin with, which is, well, other people could do it. Surely how how, how hard can it be? And maybe they're just not that experienced with it. I, I didn't really know, but that was sort of the conclusion that I was drawing. But yeah, there were fundamental problems with the fact that EFT is already so complicated in terms of its map and layout and yeah. and that kind of thing. Because some of the clips that he was showing from... Uh, which, which game was it that, that they were referencing? It wasn't Ghost Recon. It oh. there was, there was, um, was another... Splinter Cell. There was a, Splinter Cell, exactly, yeah. Splinter Cell. About how they had to reshape the the cone of vision and make the occlusion work properly and all this stuff. And it took them a long time to fix that. And that, that was in Splinter Cell. And again, it's the same thing. And Nikita talked about it a little bit, about how sometimes AI doesn't see you when they should. And, and there's even there's mechanics in the game that aren't in other games that make it harder, right? It's like the lean, the very gradual lean peak that people are using to abuse the rogues in the first place because of the way the cone of vision works. They won't, they'll see you but won't aggro you. Well, no other game has a graduated lean like that in in that particular way for an online multiplayer game. It just isn't, it's not something people normally put in. And so if you can then see a slice of them, then you manage to avoid their aggro programming because they're not you don't come into their aggro zone they know you're there but they can't attack you because of the way the coding works just like it, all of these things just introduce more and more and more problems that you then have to try and code around it's so so hard to do and i think that yeah. was the that was my biggest takeaway from nikita is that it was just super complex to do in eft because of the various so many variables probably just compared to most other games
0: <laughs> yeah that was yeah i feel similarly that my takeaway as well is it is a lot harder than you think, (laughs) you know, it's like that analogy or example you were given, you know, where you sort of like lean peak to abuse the AI. I mean, like maybe a knee jerk reaction is like, Oh, well we need to fix that. So let's, let's have them instantly, you know, let's have them spot you then, you know, as soon as you come up a sliver across. Well, now anytime you, you know, picks like you may walk through a crack in the the door, like you're just running past a little crack in the wall and then the rogue just like shooting you through the wall and he's like permanently aggro. Like it, it could be a disaster. So yeah, it is a very, there's a lot of moving parts for them to problem solve. I thought one interesting thing was, and I don't know if you got to this part was in the original AI video he did, where he sort of gave his <clears throat> vision, if you will, of what the AI, could potentially look like and he sort of like had this story where you go inside of um alamo or stronghold or whatever mm, you want to call it i did and, see this yeah and one of one of the rooms and there's a scav you know leaning against the wall smoking a cigarette there's a guy just like looking down in the press and there's another one just like drinking a bottle and then and then they see you and they get startled and you know they're like fumbling and then like just imagine this in the game it's just like wow, that's, like, such a far stretch, you know, because I can only see what we have now, you know, and to see that, like, that would be really cool. And to me, that's, like, that's more on, like, the single-player side of things because you have a way more controlled environment. Mm. You know, you you literally have to count for one player acting in sort of this train-like moving gameplay, you know? You're, like, on almost on rails. Like, they they know what the player... They try to account for everything the player is gonna think and do and like where they can go and stuff, but in the EFT is a lot more different, you know, it's a lot more
1: it's, it's more of an open sandbox ish type of experience. So it's yeah, it's very challenging. But um Yeah, I, I I thought his his um vision sounded really cool and would
0: be like, Wow, dude, if if we ever got there, that would just like be insane to have and and, and even more so Um, maybe just having more humans playing the role of AI quote unquote would be even more interesting. I I thought, but, um, yeah, I thought it was interesting too, that the AI AI wasn't originally intended to be in the game Mm. that kind of like caught me off guard, you know, but it, it makes sense. They back in the days when they had, you know. 300 concurrent players they you, you needed something there to to do you know something to shoot at I mean you got all these guns you got to have something to shoot at them right I mean so it's interesting that now things have like changed so much man and it's just like now we're talking about the vision of the game and the future and Nikita's all talking about all these new and crazy exciting things it's, it's cool stuff
2: yeah no cool it cool is stuff. it is really cool I mean that kind of thing that kind of thing does make a lot of sense, and you can imagine that, yeah, in a in a chilled out state, scavs would be not doing that much or doing scav activities or or whatever. But when there's gunshots, I think part of the problem with it in some ways is that as soon as there's gunshots, they'll kind of be on like alert state, right? And it's almost from the word go in the raid. So maybe the first scavs you meet are chilling, and then everyone after that they're all you know antsy because shots are fired almost immediately in any EFT raid. So I don't know, but it would yeah. be it would be nice to have a bit more realistic human-like behavior. And even if it's not necessarily player behavior, but it would be immersive behavior that's more believable. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's that's yeah. maybe what it's about. And it would be great to, to get that, to be honest with you. It really would. Um, I think the rogues are a good step along the path to that because they, the ones in the base, at least they patrol. And that sort of makes sense for them to be like patrolling around in the base. Whereas yeah, sometimes the scouts do really silly things as as he showed in the video, they just do nonsensical stuff and there's not any reason behind any of, of what they're doing. So and yet yeah, you could add that rationale and reason, irrespective of the fact that yes, there's bugs with the AI and there's problems with with pathing and all that kind of thing. Yes, yeah. those issues are there. But you it doesn't mean that you just have to replace some of the actions they do now with with other actions that again they have they have meaning and they have purpose and they have a goal which makes them more believable and then makes the whole experience more dynamic too. actually just kind of by definition, because they're then doing stuff. And so they're in places that maybe you wouldn't necessarily expect as well, rather than like, you know, I've been doing, I've been doing peacekeeping mission, right? Peacekeeping mission. You have to go to customs, interchange Mm -hmm. shoreline and uh, woods, and you have to kill scabs, right? Well, after playing the game for, like basically three years, or whatever. Like I know where all the scavs spawn, and you just intimately yeah. know the areas. You say, "Ah, oh, well, there's gonna be maybe there's maybe there's two guys by the truck here. Okay, well there's two boxes. There's a, the there's a, there's two boxes, weapon boxes over in the swamp area. Okay, well there might be two dudes here. Fine, we'll go to bus station. There might be three there, and then there's oh, there's snipe one off the roof of power station, and then there might be two more down in the compound. Go down to gas station. There never seems to be any scavs at gas station anymore. I don't know. There's like maybe one or something. And then there might be two down at the pier." And then there might be one on the road after that. It's like, it's so prescriptive and you know where they're going to be. And they do actually move. It's it's a little bit better than it used to be. They do roam around a bit more than they, they did, let's say two years ago, I would say, but it's still quite static in that sense. And what are they even doing there? You know, it's, it's
1: just
2: right. Like what's their, what's their goal? You know, it's like now,
0: you know, clearly it seems like their goal was there to basically be a, a hindrance to the PMC. Mm or something to shoot at was like the original, but now that the game sort of like developed more and, and and whatnot, it's like, you know, having them, yeah, you know, actually have some, I don't know, goal-driven behavior other than shoot PMC, yell at PMC, flick PMC off, you know, be, yeah. yeah, I could totally see, see stuff like that. So
2: exactly. Exactly.
1: I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. What's your go-to gun okay. right now? I don't really have one
0: because I just kind of got off of the SVD quest. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't really I don't really know what I'm supposed to do right now. <laughs> but that's kind of a different different story. So I'm kind of I'm actually kind of like just starting to get into DMRs. Okay. I think it's probably what I'm going to do just cuz M62 is just even the eighty. It's just it's just good, you know. Yeah. The guns are just good. I was using the G twenty eight. Oh yeah, it's not using it, it. Well, I got it from a scav case. Okay. So it doesn't really make sense to buy. It's quite expensive. It's too expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and you you, you you could build out an SR twenty five for yeah, just as good. Um and probably save some money. But anyways, I was using that on Shoreline and I was like actually really surprised at how well it was performing. Mm. <laughs> like you know, it was like, dang, this is kinda like, yeah, it's not gonna be a good barrel stuffer, but in general, it's just like man, the re- like it just feels
2: really good the recoil wise. I don't know. So, um,
1: yeah, that's why good.
2: Yeah, that's pretty good. No, it's, so I've been I've been playing around since doing this quest and getting fifty five a one. I've actually been playing around back with the M 4s again because I was intrigued because okay. everybody hates the M four now because the rate of fire yep. is too high and the recoil is just it sucks. Um, even if you build the biggest problem that i find with the m4 is that you start with the base weapon which is just awful it's just a, it's an appalling gun and then you do like the classic budget mods that get you to a certain right. point and that gets you i've spoken before about the 50 to 55 recoil 50 to 55 ergo and that's like no matter what you do by the way, they took the RSS handguard off the M4. I'm not sure whether it doesn't fit or something, but they've added it to the SR25. Quite, intri- quite intriguing. I didn't realize this actually. It's I think it's what I think it's the best handguard for the SR25 now. It seemed to me anyway. I was having a play. I'm not sure, but anyway. So that that's gone. But there's there's a few you know there's a few handguards whatever that you can use the M4. Um, but no matter what combination you do, until you get to Mechanic Four and Peacekeeper Four, you can basically only get to maybe maybe high 40s but you have to spend extra money that you don't really want to because the things that make the big difference are a sort of meta suppressor it doesn't need to be the best one but a meta-ish suppressor of some description the Ultra upper Mm -hmm. and the advanced tube you need those parts because each one is a four percent buff or something compared to its sort of budget equivalent where you don't even you either just don't buy something at all or you're buying a suppressor that's you know the the knight's armament one for example and you get end up with like twelve recoil reduction percentage, and the gun the base is like one hundred and seventy or something. So you end up shaving off like twenty points. So you go from the fifty recoil gun to the thirty recoil gun, and that's where you get end up with that big that big change. So I was intrigued because again, I was doing. Um, Doing these scab killing quests all over the place, and you have to use an M4. And at the beginning, I thought, well, I'm just going to use a really awful aid. I made this kind of terrible ergo gun and just playing around with stuff. And I thought, you know, maybe I should just make something actually sensible and see what happens. And what I've been doing, and I've just, I basically just changed my play style with with the weapon. I I started with the 20 rounders for a bit of extra ergo and kind of going like DMR M4 instead. Yeah. And end up scrapping that because there wasn't really any point i mean i still do it sometimes just for style points because it's kind of cool i <laughs> kind of like the idea of it but now so i've been using the m4 so i've got this m4 and it looks it looks sweet it's like the old one i used to make which is about 50 recall. 50 recoil and i'm using it in default i'm just using it on semi-auto and then when i go inside or i'm going close to corners or whatever then i switch it over and turn the laser on and then i've got that there just in case it, at point blank but dude i've been using 55 a1 on semi and so it doesn't you don't need to use an m4 really it can be um an ADO or a tx if you want to like bump up a little bit but it doesn't really matter which 556 platform weapon you use. to be honest you could use the mdr if you really wanted to but think about the mdr it's hard you can't get it too much lower think you can even get it to 50 recoil really so it's very difficult to do you need the really good suppressor because it doesn't the recoil monsters don't do anything so i've been using the m4 for it because i'm doing peacekeeping mission and honestly, like semi-auto 55A1, I've been absolutely slaying. So I went through my kind of like slump period or whatever, and then after that slowly like built back up and ended up on this quest. Dude, it's been it's been crazy. I had one one raid where I went in the blueberry helmet and the and the armor on, and I ended up it was between the lumber camp, or it was between the woods, like it was yeah, it was between the lumber camp and the Emacom health bit. So it's along the, the scav road towards the lumber camp from the, the Emacom camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that area, it just got super hot. And I bumped into bumped into this guy and like headshot him and then ended up in a fight with somebody else. And the first guy had, because I, I meant to carry on and go and find some scavs, shot at these people, ran back to him, picked up his, because I left his current on the floor, but ended up just swapping out for the current. I had this huge firefight with all these different people, I ended up killing like four PMCs, it didn't kill any scabs whatsoever ended up being this just like pure pvp craziness but all on semi with 55a1 and it absolutely it is just it is just destroying people dude honestly it's it's so good because when you change the playstyle a little bit and i've talked about this with chat previously about why some people like using the adar and not the m4 and we spoke about it a little bit too about the the mentality change when you know you're running semi yeah and you're not spraying people and you're so much more accurate and when you've got a semi auto weapon with 45 pen with 50 recoil it feels really good as you might imagine yes. because the recoil really isn't very high and um yeah i don't know just that just that little shift has just changed things so much it's been it's been really weird i'm using the same m4 but i'm using it in a completely different way to how i did last wipe and it's been working amazingly it's um
1: it's 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 Doing it's doing the work. It's really doing the work. It's very cool. <laughs> man, I just had like a completely different experience, and I think it just comes down to adaptability. Because I was just not. I was just stuck in the old mindset, man.
0: I'm. I played Tarkov. I hold mouse one. <laughs> I kill player. You know. Yeah. Which I've picked up on a bit from. Um, I took a. I was trying something really odd. I took a vow. I don't know what happened. Something in the market was really, really odd. The VSSs were, were sold out from Prapper, I think. Oh, really? Some yeah. barter trade. Yeah. Yeah. And all the ones on the market were like super expensive, like 100% durability. And even the ones that weren't 100% durability were really expensive. So I don't know what happened there. So I ended up. Going with a ASVAL, which was, as you can imagine, really expensive, <laughs> um, and modding it out, and I put a uh, a scope on it, a Vortex scope, like a proper six times scope, mm-hmm. and did some sniping with SP five on Lighthouse, and yeah, so it was a I used a rangefinder. It was a, definitely challenging. Um, I will say, if you're going to do this. I do not recommend it for taking out rogues because during the day, you have to be like 200 plus meters away to really make it to not get instantly aggroed and shot to death. And at that point, your MOA is like you can account for the drop off just fine. You know, if you if you do the proper, you know, oh, use the point the laser finder, the range finder, sorry, to see how far away it is. Okay, page down, page down, page down. Okay, I'm at 200 meters. It's, it says 215. I should aim up a little bit higher. That part's fine. The problem is the MOA is it's like I think it's like four or three or five <laughs> and it's just not doesn't really cut it at 200 <laughs> meters. You know, your, your cone is so big at that point that um, you're you're just like end up just shooting, I don't know, 30 bullets and finally, finally he dies or you know, from a headshot or maybe just enough damage over time but it's it was really painful so but i did have one experience where i was on the mountain on um my house again where the little i, I caught like a crow's nest there's like a, a log it's like it's a tree if you will like a dilapidated tree i don't know yeah. anyway so i'm up there and i see these players and they're like way out there like three like 300 400 meters running Back towards the the highway, and so I start taking shots of them. They have no clue where they're getting shot from. One guy's hiding behind the van, but little does he realize his back is facing me like he thinks he's getting shot from the camp, but I'm all the way, and I'm just <laughs> throwing s p five with this guy. It's just like i honestly, it's a miracle I killed him because my bullets are going everywhere. you know what I mean They're like hitting the top of the van you know and and I think I'd just kill him through leg damage at some point, but um. That was a lot of fun, but I, I did, so I did try it a bit more in single fire because I saw a video from someone and they are like, hey, you know, the ump versus, the ump's really good and all, but here's this gun, you just buy a VSS, the ammo is really cheap, it's basically better than AP, um, APCP. Yeah. It, for like, you know, a quarter of the price, you should try this out. So like, okay, single fire. that's kind of interesting you know something different i'll try it out and it it actually felt pretty decent because if you full auto it it just feels complete hot garbage you know Mm -hmm. you 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 instantly your your first shot's on target and then your next seven is just off target you know it's it's really and that's kind of was my experience with the m4 it was just like even when your sight settled like you know the initial kick went up and then it settled and you're still full autoing it just felt like my bullets were like going in between his arms, and then like you know, just like completely missing. I'm just like, why won't this guy die? I'm holding mouse one. This used to work back in the <laughs> day. Why won't it work now? So that's been um that's been my struggle, and I think that's what sort of makes those DMRs feel so good is that you can't full out of them. You know, your yeah. your your fire rate's capped, and I I don't I don't know if there's like some inbuilt mechanic. I want to like test it some more. Because I almost feel as if I would I would need to set up a macro for it to really test it and have a, you know, find, figure out what's the maximum fire rate. Let's say it's 600 or 650, you know, take something like a SCAR oh. or a 5.56 MDR and sort of like put it on single fire, launch the macro to fire at that rate of fire, on, and then compare that with like the full auto version and kind of see if there's any difference because I, I just almost feel like there's something going on behind the scenes that I can't quite put my finger on I don't know if it's like
1: when you're full autoing the, the gun is just continuing to, to climb or and, and whereas
0: when you single fire the gun climbs and then mm-hmm. instantly starts to settle but it's a very slow settle right whereas when you're Full autoing, it's just like there's no time for it to start decreasing until your PMC manually, the automatic yeah. recoil control, kicks in. So I just wonder if there's something going on with, with with that behind the scenes. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know either. My gut instinct would say no, but I could completely yeah. be wrong on that. I just think they feel, They just feel good. I think semi-auto just feels good in this way. But I think it's partly because of the way that the once you're in the settled pattern the horizontal recoil feels really bad in this wipe i think that's maybe part of it so yes it's settled but it still goes yes. left right left right left right like crazy um on on yeah. the m4 in particular is seems a, a pretty yeah. bad culprit for this and so yeah so i don't know it's like as i said or as you said that it's not feeling good the old way at all and so i've yeah tried to change the playstyle up a little bit and using it mm-hmm on semi by default and then switching over to and if you know what it feels quite role-playing and quite cool as well like switching this because i never i just used to click it on the full at the start of the raid and then just leave it there and never ever change it and now i'm kind of thinking what kind of engagement might might i be in here you know should i be in in semi or not and i've also i'm now i'm now a full-on disciple of the tac 30 cult I th- I love oh, the really? scope. Absolutely. I don't know what happened or whether I just had neglected it in the past, but people said, Oh, you should get the vortex. Oh, it looks like 70 K and I put it on and it's like, right. I, I, I'm i loving the tag 30. I'm not sure exactly what happened or whether it's just me or I, I don't know, but it feels the scope feels so good. Like the, the way it looks on the screen I just love like the size of it, like the sensitivity. It just it just works. It just works for me, and I've really yeah, I have kind of neglected it in the past, and I'm just like I'm just loving this thing, and I'm using that on the one times and the four times, and on the one times it just feels so great, and I'm kind of yeah, flicking between that and then like the laser for really close. I'm putting it on full auto to kill scouts around like boxes and stuff, and having that option to do full auto when you're two feet away from somebody is really neat. But then having 55A1 yeah. in there is is really cool because I do want to have a look at the sr 25 as well because you know I looked at the RFB towards the start of the wipe because it's like peacekeeper 2 and whatever but the SR's the next the next stage of progression really for those dmr style guns and you can do some you can do some nasty things to the SR if you put some mods on it you can get some mm-hmm. really good performance out of it and I used I'd loved this gun previously anyway I spent it wasn't the last yeah. wipe but the wipe before that I spent probably the the final month and a half, just only using the SR25 pretty much with M61 and it was great. So it'd be nice to revisit it. And I had a little play around with it and it felt pretty damn good. So I think it's, I think it's neat. I I like the fact that full auto is now kind of situational. It's still, it is still usable actually, but you have to be in the right situation for it. You can't just, can't just full auto somebody at 75 meters and they they expect that they're going to die. And even inside down corridors, you have to be a bit careful with it, but kind of funny what was hilarious is um i actually nearly forgot to mention this and i was like i've made it i've actually made it i got some guy added me after so i was doing a shoreline raid and uh, i got to the end actually and i thought man i've really killed it actually is like eight scab, i mean it's all scabs but like eight scab kills with the m4 ranging between uh, like 50 and 250 meters all headshots every single one and i was like i, I you know i nailed that i felt good about it anyway leave the raid get a friend message from someone. I normally just declined them the first time because I'm like, well, they probably accidentally did it on the flea market or something. Declined it and then popped back up again. Same guy. So it's like, okay, fine. Well, he obviously does actually want to speak to me about something. So accepted him in. And I got accused of hacking <laughs> by this dude. who was clearly, clearly molding really hard. And I said, you, I guess you were sca- scavenging the shoreline, man. And, and he, didn't tell me where he was exactly, but I think I know which scav he was. I think he was on scav Island, and I was on the shore on my way to tunnel and uh-huh. i thought I thought he was an AI so maybe it wasn't him, but I think I think it <laughs> I think it must have been him and I looked over the water, clicked my thing up to two hundred just like, yeah, it's about two hundred click it up and I could see him behind the um, behind one of the little shacks, but I couldn't quite get a shot on him. Like it was hard, like the sliver of his head or something. I thought, ah, oh, it's too too tight. And he ran, he ran forwards and then ran to one of the buildings. And I just and just one shot him while sprinting from like two hundred meters, literally the very first bullet. And, and that's kind of when I finished the raid. I thought, damn, yeah, I did a really good job here. And this guy was just like dude, you're clearly cheating. There is like absolutely no way that you... And I, I was like, honestly, I got super lucky. I really just got super lucky. And he was like, well, I reported you. So, you know, good luck losing your account. And I was like, okay, well, if one... I was like, if one if one headshot while you're a scav automatically means that I'm cheating, then like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to tell you. But he, he blocked me first and was just like, GG, have a good one. <laughs> but I was like, dude. man, that's funny. I don't think... I take it as a huge compliment. I've never had anybody accuse me of hacking yes. before in EFT, so. <laughs> I, man, dude, I feel bad because
0: I haven't, I haven't been accused of hacking, dude. That's like, that's like the, the honor, dude. That's such it, an honor. It really you know is. I mean? It really is.
2: Yeah. It's, oh, I was it's, like, man. such a good feeling. Exactly. So yeah, we have, uh, we have Tara in the chat. He was just talking about your MOA conversations. Talk of using a, a radius value for the MOA. So at 200 meters, you have about a 15 inch group. 38 centimeters which is mm. probably why you had such a hard time hitting somebody in the head yeah it's just because i mean it's not you know you think well it's probably about this or whatever but you know it's enough room for the rogues have a lot of hp if you don't actually hit them in the head specifically then they can take a lot of punishment and some some are going to be going above or around the shoulders or whatever you, you know, it can take quite a long time um yeah exactly the, the other guns i mean just before we finish up because i guess we should we should end soon the other weapons that i'm kind of. um interested in and i think and i'm not sure actually sure if there was a video on this but one that's been on the list for a bit for me is the ash 12 because i don't have it unlocked but you can buy the off the flea for 60k or something but i don't think i have the ammo for it but i've been very intrigued because the the beefy ammo for right. the Ash 12 is one of the only rounds in the game that will one tap class four and sometimes class five because it has 46 pens so it's one one pen less than a bp round but with 102 damage like it'll right. just straight up kill you <laughs> yeah and i always think because now i've been doing this with the m4 i've been thinking of all sorts of guns to put on semi that are classically full auto but again in similar right. vein to the sa58 or something you don't need to use it in full auto like people People find using the, the SA-58, it would be a mad thing if you do, if you have an unmodded SA-58 to use that on full-auto. People would accept that. But with the M4, everyone expects to be able to full-auto it, so they always put it on full-auto. And then full-auto people, when they don't hit their shots, and then they think, oh, this is awful. But yeah, after using the M4, I'm thinking, well, if you use the Ash-12, and it's the same thing with you, right, with the VSS, because I give it a little go as well, um, try and use that on semi. So it's things that have just got massive, punchy rounds, and they only take, you know, this like two shots or something, and people are dead to the thorax. And with, with the Ash, I'm thinking, dude, this is... Like a, it's a one-shot kill there's not that many weapons to give you a one-shot kill it's basically ap 20 slugs and this guy that it, it pretty much one taps through class four or like every time ap 20 is 50 50 because of the because it might not pen but ash 12 you're gonna want tap everybody with class four armor on yeah it's insane because he has the, the pen of bp and the damage of you know i don't even know a small rocket coming yeah. out of his base
1: so, and that's crazy. That the the value, even the even the SVD doesn't do that, you know. So Unfortunately, I would um kind of miss those days where a Mosin could one tap people. A I bit.
0: Know, I felt like we lost something, but um. So I, I take it you haven't tried the scar
2: scar Elden. I haven't tried the scar yet. Not yet. Okay. It's because I need to use the M4 for peacekeeping mission, but I'm quite interested to, to use it afterwards, based on my experience with the M4, because as we all know, the Scar L with the same recall statistics as the M4 is superior
1: because of the, the way that it handles in Tarkov. It is a superior I like weapon. I got kind of screwed
0: set up to fill this wipe because you know, the wipe starts, I got my bear count, you know, like, oh, these AKs got a lot of recoil. Let me switch to my PP-19. Damn, this PP-19 also got a lot of recoil. Uh, You know, it's like, what do I... How do I... You know, I'm having a hard time adapting. And then I switch to the UMP, and it's like, oh, the UMP, I can full-auto with this. This is great. This is just like old Tarkov. And yeah. then you just sort of, like, unknowingly commit to that bad habit. And I think that's why I think the meta has, like, become dmrs is because as you said you know single firing is, is the way to go for 90 percent.
1: so what rounds have the most pin and the most damage well seven you know fifty one, or whatever i don't know the the, the, DMRs. Big, the big ones the so, big ones yeah. yes
0: yes so it's like it's kind of and i don't know how that's
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means for balancing, but, any nonetheless, um, I don't know. It's interesting. So we shall see how that goes.
0: Exactly. I, yeah. I mean, I haven't even got to try a lot of the guns. I've just been questing so much. So now it's kind of, I'm at that stage where. It's time to time to do so.
2: This is the thing. I'm excited to try all sorts of different ones. The other the other one on the radar is the ACP Vector instead because I've not really used that. I tried in the shooting yeah. range. It it pulls like a mad thing on the horizontal. Oh my god, it's it's like out of control. But the DPS on that is like extraordinary. <laughs> I got
0: really salty. Dude, I got let down. I gave, I had the vector. Nine mil of rip ammo. Okay. Interchange. And sounds I, like I, a mistake. You know, I'm aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured, you know, I'll just leg killer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can't he seems to just aimbot me through tents and such. So now <laughs> I'll just anyways. So I'd come across this guy. You know, I decided to push him because something happened. Maybe he was getting shot by a scav and then he's crouched and I just start aiming at his legs and I just full auto and he just won't die. And then I get hit eyes by some round. Maybe it was M eighty I can't remember, but it's just like, man, I was, I was like genuinely surprised that I died and did not kill him mm. because it was like, I got a good 11 shots off and I, and I don't, I just don't know where my bullets went. So I, I'm guessing probably what happened is some of it hit his armor. Some of it went back to the leg. Some of it missed because, Those damn legs, you know, there's a gap. Maybe I've missed the horizontal recoil. Like, you know, it's just kind of, yeah. Yeah. I do. I've just not been a leg man of guy, man. I just. Neither am I. Neither am I. I find it it very hard. It just always seems to let me down. Yeah. It's just like, ah, you know, I've missed his legs. A shot in between his legs, or I hit one leg and then hit the other leg, and it's like that's wasted damage. Like, it's just I don't
2: know, or you're in like a sucky position, and someone's coming up some stairs and you can't see the legs, and you're trying to yeah. avoid, like, avoid around it, or someone's up on a cliff edge and you can't see their legs again, and you're thinking, oh, No, it. Like, I just end up in those situations all the time, and I'm just not. I'm, I think you really need to incorporate it into your play style properly, and I don't do that. I think I just sort of do my normal stuff and expect it to work, but you really have to yeah, play around it right. very specifically to make it function and i'm just not i'm not used to thinking about it in that way so i don't, I don't know i don't know um yeah, there's lots of exciting cool weapons that i'm interested in in having a go at. i'm almost interested in trying to now that i actually have peacekeeper i can get the the altar up and try and get like a 40 recall yeah, and use that on semi because follow-up shots <laughs> it was after my experience with the svd i think and like Understanding how important follow-up shots actually are when everyone takes two to three shots to kill, even with high pen rounds, and you can only get away with it, yeah, if you're going to one-shot people consistently, which almost nothing does, except yeah, you know, Mark eighteen and the Ash and and the um, mm. an AP twenty, AP twenty slug shotguns. So having low recoil guns on semi, which is why it's why the M1A and those ones have always felt so good. So I, I'm I'm intrigued because I think that yeah, I think the ARs might fall into that category at shorter range because they've got slightly lighter to use and there's a bit less recoil on them and so you might be able to get that semi follow-up faster than someone else might be able to and if you get a headshot then it doesn't matter anyway and i've had a fair few headshots actually with with the m4 because it just feels it just feels precise the the rounds are really quick you know 556 is fast i don't you know don't underestimate how fast 5501 is you know it's like 950 meters per second or something it's, it's crazy I think it gets it gets decreased a little bit because the M4 barrel's all negative for, for velocity, but it's still it's it's a fast round. And you can you can tap people fairly not easily, but it's it's easier than some other guns anyway. You're not just reliant upon three tapping through class five or four or whatever. You know, you you've got that option of just ending the fight immediately with a really nicely placed headshot because the, the recoil's low. So yeah, there's lots of lots of guns to use. I can't wait till I finish. With the SVD and with the M4, and then we can try out a few others because there's lots of yeah, lots of stuff to explore. I think it's cool. I think we're still we're still understanding exactly what the full endgame meta is going to look like. I don't yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's, I think we're still getting there.
0: Last week you mentioned um, you said something about the SVD and that normally you really like that gun and that quest, but this time you you just like hate it. I wonder if that's because in the past I'm assuming it, you would go factory with the laser of some sort mm-hmm. and just, you know, beam people. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering if maybe that plays a little bit, play maybe, a little bit. Maybe. Into
1: your
2: yeah. I mean, it's made part six so much harder for me. It's so much harder because I'm just, I just feel uncomfortable using the gun. I don't know what it is about it, but it's just not my, it just doesn't feel like it fits into my style. I think when I played previously as well, I, was more in the zone of using that but as my play styles adapted and changed over time i kind of got used to the full auto meta after a while and ended up now finding it hard to go back to the way that i used to play which was focusing on really you know, the highest pen possible and kind i of think which is what i used to do and i used to like the svd and it used to work properly i think also the playbase has got better as well you know you don't get as much leeway now as you used to back then so you could link at people with the svd from distance and people didn't know where you were and you killed them and now i feel like there's a lot of experienced people who you you get less chance to make mistakes so even though i'm better everyone else is better as well and then i'm using a gun that's worse and so the, the gap for actually securing your kill is is now smaller People kind of know where you where you're at um and that kind of thing and yeah with the recall change it's just been it's just been kind of rough i don't know i was tempted just to try and just bum rush dorms or something and do the same thing as I always used to. But it just doesn't feel great for fighting against SMGs now in those kind of areas when you've got the SVD. Because people can pre you can't. That's the one big downside I would say about the semi auto is that you do you do lose that possibility when you get a bit closer for pre-firing and things. You just can't really do that very well anymore. And just getting pre-fired continuously by people with P90s just gets really irritating when you've got like a 200k SVD in class five armor on and you come around the corner and someone just pre-fires and hits you in the head with one bullet and you're dead. And it's, it's, it gets really annoying after a while. I think it, it, it was also unfortunate that it coincided with my kind of slump in general. Um, and so I had to bring myself back out of that by playing around with the MP7 again and playing factory and getting, building myself back up to going and doing stuff. And now, yeah, with the M4, it's been it's been feeling good. So I, I think it's time to go back to to that. But just it's just taken me a long time to do it on shoreline. You know, it's taken me a long time. I like, was just going on the outside on shoreline and doing it there. But maybe I play woods. I'm, I'm not sure. I still haven't decided exactly how I'm going to do it. I've got I'm at like six out of fifteen on on it, but I've not been. It's one I've been doing on stream and then just uh, ignoring. You completely ditched it then. I completely stopped doing the quest entirely for a while. Yeah, true. yeah. I stopped it for a while. So I did, yeah, as I said last week, I did f I got four kills on stream. I had two. I had two literally I had two kills and I just stopped playing that quest completely. It stopped everything. Stopped going to like long range maps. I'd started playing pretty much only factory again. I had to really consolidate because it didn't matter what I was doing, what I was wearing. And I almost feel, I think I mentioned this before, but it does seem like there's been a big ban wave. Lots of people are saying the game feels better. I was going to Shoreline, like, for me, pretty geared. So I was going, you know, class 5 armor, class 4 helmets with a, with a ULAC on, with like a kitted SVD. And I would die all, all over the place from like random bullets from, I didn't even see people. And that was the thing. I wasn't, I wasn't actually getting into fights. I was just getting one tapped out of nowhere from miles away and getting shot. And sometimes it was just getting shot at in general, just never finding the person because they're just suppressed off in the distance and, and dying. And then recently it's felt way better. So maybe there's a part of that as well. I don't, I don't know. It's it's so hard to know with that. But. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's feeling, it's feeling better now. So, so maybe we'll get there, but the SVD is still, I'm finding it difficult to, Still still finding it difficult to adapt back to that. I think it's just with, with the recall build, it did feel a lot better, but it's just getting those opportunities and not getting full auto at point blank by people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But then anyway, we'll see how it goes. Yep. Well, um, guys, I think that we're going to wrap it up there. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I did have a question for everyone listening. I have a theory. And I wanted to know if
0: anyone has found a lab's key card off a boss or a raider. Okay. We're going to exclude scavs because
1: player scavs can spawn with them. So I don't want to like mix that in. Um, but specifically, have you found a lab's card off a boss or a raider? Because I, for one, have
0: not. And I'm not the most boss hunting guy, but I've killed Rashala a few times, and every time it's just been no laps cards. And I've asked some other people, and they said the same. So I'm curious what everyone else's experience has been, and if maybe I've been lucky and others have just been unlucky. Yeah,
2: that's interesting. I've not, I don't think I've killed Rashala a couple of times, and I've not had any from him. I've had all mine as being
1: a player's cup. So, yeah. Yeah. Let us know. I'd like to know, and with that, we will see you guys next week. Catch you later.